Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. Hey, what's up? And welcome to the only podcast in the world that talks about comics. My yep. name is Andrew Levins. My name is Siobhan Coons. And um, sour cream chips are disgusting. I want to put that out there. Sour cream and onion chips can can get in the bin. What's and, your favorite kind th- of chip? And then throw the bin in the sea and then set fire to the sea. Ooh. Yeah. Complicated. Um, I just have one. I, yeah. I haven't had potato chips in like eight weeks. Like exactly eight weeks. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I get to King's Comics and yep. you've got all the snacks from the There's Queens so of snacks. King's meetup last night. Yeah. Everyone bought chips and we couldn't eat that many chips. How many of you bought chips? Um, like six of us all brought chips. Okay. So minimum six bags of chips. Yeah. Half all open like, yeah. and inviting me to take part in their carbohydrates mm. and uh i went straight to the like the most open bag yeah which is sour cream and chives it was disgusting look they're not the best chip but they know uh salt and vinegar that's okay there, there are two kinds of salt and vinegar chips yeah. i wash my mouth out with those yeah. and and, and hence night. i'm able to record right now oh thank goodness you would have to send me to uh, to the hospital i almost because my sister always calls salt and vinegar chips salty vagina chips <laughs> <laughs> i almost said that first and i was like ah oh, no one's gonna understand that that's great. horrible yeah it's pretty funny my sister's pretty funny. She's great. She is great. She's the superior Coombs. Yeah, no, I 100% <laughs> agree. She's the best of us. Um, so, yeah, we're going to be talking about um, all the chips that came out last week yep. in this episode. Um, <laughs> reviewing all the chips from all the different uh, chip manufacturers. Yep. Uh, indep- Lays. Independent chips. <laughs> uh, the big two. Don't know how to make a number no. one joke. The so, first chip out of every bag. Okay. You have to specifically review it. Okay. Yeah. That sounds pretty good. That sounds good. Uh, every week on Serious Issues, which is actually the name of the podcast you're listening to right now, we review all the comics that came out last week. And mm-hmm. uh, then we start off every episode by reviewing all of the number ones. Mm-hmm. Of course, every comic that we talk about on the show can be found at King's Comics in Sydney. Yep. That's uh, kingscomics.com online or 310 Pitt Street, Sydney, should mm-hmm. you ever find yourself near us. Um, if you're hungry, just maybe ask if any if there are any bags of chips open up. Yeah, bag. absolutely. Specifically, yep. sour cream and chives. Come eat those because I won't. Mm. Good. <laughs> <laughs> I would like to do a special shout out to um, one of the Queens of Kings members, Julia, who told me that she listens to our podcast when she uh, can't sleep, and so we often serenade her to sleep. Wow. So sleep, sleep tight. Last Sleep tight, Julia. Last week's episode must have been a horrendous one yeah, to sleep I <laughs> to because I yelled out, "Bendis is coming!" Ugh. At least 20 times. Beautiful. Um, Beautiful dreams. Let's get this out of the way now. Yeah. 
Uh, DC have uh, a an, an great advertising campaign uh, yeah. called Bendis is Coming. It's terrible. Um, which is a, a, a new way uh, of scaring kids straight. <laughs> Um, and last week, uh, it, it's you know, it's it apparently it's a, it harkens back to an old Kirby ad when when they when yeah. Kirby met, made the move from Marvel to DC. But like, as someone posted those, and I was like, oh, that's cool that they're at least referencing that. But those ads were a much more aesthetically pleasing, much less confronting, and Bendis is no Kirby, and probably not as big. Are they yeah, double not, pa- yeah, you got to assume we got double page spreads in every DC comic last week um, of. Uh, Big picture of Superman and the words, Bendis is coming, and mm. mostly white space. Yeah. Um, and this week, I was expecting to see the same ad again. It, no. It's, no, it's slightly different. Yeah. I like it because it feels like Superman is just getting closer and closer to, like, the camera. Like, he's slightly closer to you than in the previous ad, so maybe it's just going to get closer and closer until you just see, like, the, his eyeball. Yeah. <laughs> this, in, in this one, it looks like he's he's just came. Hmm. You, like, hmm. like staring into middle this, distance, last, looking really like satisfied. Last <laughs> last week was Bendis is coming. Ugh. This one is like Bendis is coming. <laughs> <laughs> Aww, this is the worst. Um, it's DC's fault. Also, have you noticed that like there's no like there is one woman involved in the Action Comics 1000 issue? I mean, that sounds pretty in line with everything DC are doing. At yeah, the moment. but it's some annoying bullshit. Like, you have Gail Simone. It's Superman, have... Siobhan. Right. <laughs> you know what? A good point. I'll sit down. Uh, maybe when Superwoman has a thousand issues, <laughs> you can see some women <laughs> on that book. Boo! Boo, DC. <laughs> um, so we begin every episode by reviewing all the number one issues that came out last week. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, we've got a small amount. Actually, this is a nice, this is a nice digestible episode of mm. not that many comics. I mean, it's yeah. a lot for a normal person, but not for us. Yeah. This is a pittance Absolutely. of comics. Uh, we kick off first things first this week with a review of the latest young animal comic to be renumbered. Um, this is uh, one of our favorites from the original four young animal lineup, uh, Cave Carson. Uh, he originally had a cybernetic eye, but now his uh, series has been relaunched as Cave Carson has an interstellar eye. Most exciting about this relaunch is that where the first series was written by, co-written by John Rivera and uh, Gerard Way, mm-hmm. um, and and there were moments of incredible greatness in that series, but it just felt like that forced weirdness um, yeah. was really, really rampant in that series, where like you would finish an issue and you'd be like, what the fuck just happened? Gerard Way is such a manic pixie dream girl. Yeah, he is. Um, and uh, this, what's really exciting about this, number one, is that uh, Gerard Way's name is not on the list of creators. This mm-hmm. is uh, John Rivera with uh, returning artist Michael Avon Oeming, Oeming uh, and Nick Filardi on colors. Um, and uh, I was like, cool, I wonder if this is going to be as, as kooky and weird as as, uh, as the last series was. It really isn't. It's a really, really fun and like like quite strong comedy. Yeah. Like it's still like, you know, it's still very cool strange and, and, and lots of like wild ideas and mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, like sex is, is still a big, like a big part of the book, but people doing, uh, psychedelic drugs, but you can make sense of the plot and yeah. narratively it makes sense from start to finish. Absolutely. Um, and they were, I, th- I thought the, the, the writing in this was, was really, really strong. It's a great, like I said, a great space adventures, uh, comic with, uh, with, with some unique personalities that you don't see in uh, your average space adventure comic. Absolutely. And like so gorgeously illustrated and the colors are like incredible. It's a beautiful looking book and so, it's just good fun. So Cave Carson is a one, like he's, you could almost compare him to like a, um, uh, what was the? Mole Man. Mole Man? <laughs> no. no, what was the, um, like Johnny Quest? 
Oh uh, yeah. Like he was know. like the, like the kind of like a he's like, like an adventurer, adventurer, like a but like a scientist adventurer. Yeah, 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 yeah pulp yeah. hero. That's right. Yeah. Like um and uh but he's a has been he's a has been mm. um and he has a family and uh, all of the original crew that he was famous for adventuring with uh, a lot either dead or missing yeah um and so this is about him kind of scrambling to take a pick up the pieces he's being and thrust just adventuring back adventuring with his daughter yeah and uh he has a a, a, a like a cybernetic eye mm-hmm. which in this case allows him to travel through space mm-hmm. um and uh, that's kind of the premise of the book and it's just him in, in this one he comes uh. They go to visit an old friend of his who is like a massive. Uh, he's a, basically a, a star. Yeah. He's a Bowie esque kind of music star who transcended his human form and became. And he's literally giant. Yeah. So he becomes a star mm. in this. Um, and uh, it's it, it's really great. It, it, it does this one issue delves more and explains more of Cave Carson's past and mm-hmm. who the character is mm-hmm. and his relationship with his daughter than twelve issues of the first series did. I think. Absolutely. And I love the relationship with his daughter. I feel like you don't get to see father-daughter relationships that much in comics. And they have such a like a sweet, strong bond and like friendship that I think is really lovely. Yeah, definitely. Um, so all these young animal books have, have kind of come out the gate quite fun. Absolutely. Yeah, this this is the one that I was like, oh, I'm like very curious to see what, what it would be now that it's, you know... Mm. Is it going to continue just being this, like, you know, flavor of the month weirdness mm. with this kind of vague kind of interconnecting plot throughout the series? But no, I feel like they're really this – is, this is going to be a great sci-fi action comedy book now. Absolutely. And there's now a backup um, story called Cave Carson Has an Educational Podcast. Yep. Great. Which is quite, like, heartstring tugging. Absolutely. Which is a way you can describe things. <laughs> <laughs> so that's a that's an absolute win from me. Cave Carson Has an Interstellar Eye. Absolutely. Check it out, everybody. Agreed. Especially if you gave the first series a shot and you were like, oh, this is too weird. This is too confusing. <laughs> it's still weird, just less confusing. Um, so Max Bemis is a writer who used to be, or still is, the uh, lead singer in a punk band, punk maybe, emo band called I Say Anything. Know. I've never listened to them, but I have read lots of his comics, including uh, the recent Moon Knight uh, run that he is the writer on. Yes. Um, I like uh, that. He is uh, the writer on a new series from Boom Studios that came out last week um, in which he teams up with artist Michael Dialinus, nice. Sure, Dialinus. Um, Dialinus. Um, and this Lucy Dreaming is the name of this comic. It's a five-issue miniseries. This is the first issue. It is about a, uh, a nerdy girl at school um, who who daydreams and you know doesn't really fit in at school. And at night, she has, reads and yeah. is kind of a jerk. And at night, she has a dream that she realizes is not a dream. Mm. Um, and in fact, her family belongs to a, uh, like a, you know, there, there, you can be a dreamer and, mm. uh, in which you would kind of, as you dream, you are transported to another world. Um, and sometimes you can get stuck there. Uh, in, in this, in this issue, we see her, um, having like a kind of, you know, Star Wars-esque lightsaber fight with, uh, someone that she immediately presumes is the bad guy, mm-hmm. but turns out maybe he was just like her one, at one point in his life. Um, I was quickly won over to this book by um, a joke um, in the... Uh, it, it's very, very heavily narrated by mm-hmm. the character Lucy Dreaming. Um, but she narrates it as... Like, the first thing we see as she narrates is, Dear fake blog, I will never publish online because I judge bloggers, but I'm also too pretentious to call a diary. Yeah. And I was Cute. like, oh, okay, cool. That's good writing. But then I thought the writing got worse as the book continued. And this is, this is just a case of like a, you know, 28-year-old girl like w- woman in a um in a preteen girl's body yeah um very very sassy very world wise and very yeah. uh, uh quippy 
Yeah. And also, like, just kind of unpleasant. Yes. But as someone who was a very unpleasant teenager, (laughs) I identified. I guess I was too. (sighs) But she... Um, she is kind of like, I understand what you mean. Like the way that she talks is very beyond her years and is semi unbelievable in that sense. Um, and she's so sort of self-involved and not in her world. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, which reminds, sort of, reminds me of Gwenpool. Yeah, kind of. Um, and I sort of, it kind of almost reminds me of like, uh, a Brian Lee O'Malley book in that she's just really she's really unpleasant and I kind of hope that in the course of the series we get to like see her become not a jerk mm-hmm. and that's the point of it mm-hmm. um, so I'm going to give this like another issue yeah well what I'm really interested in is uh, we only see a little glimpse of it through the book but then it looks like at the end of the book that um, we're going to see the relationship between her and her parents explored and yeah. why they've kept this secret from her mm-hmm. um, and what their connection to this dreaming space is too and I think that was what hooked me yeah totally um, but there's some there's some good good laughs to be found within this book. Yeah, um, I kind of weirdly don't like the colors. Yeah, I I, 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 I get that. Um, but I like I like the the art. Other than that, yep. Um, with colors and art, both by Michael Dialanas. Perfect. <laughs> I'll go over to Dark Horse right now for a number one. Please tell me you read this. I read this. this. I read this. I just Amazing. put it back on the shelf because there was only one copy. Uh, Usagi Yojimbo, The Hidden, the latest uh, miniseries by Stan Sakai. Um, Usagi Yojimbo is a long-running um, series uh, about a, uh, a ronin who is also a rabbit. Perfect. Samurai rabbit book. Um, and it's set in uh, feudal Japan. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, every... Every time he starts a new arc, you could just pick it up and just read this beautiful Absolutely. world of an- anthropomorphic, uh, you know, feudal Japanese characters. Um, and if he is now going down the route of just dividing all the books into miniseries, as you know, I think it's a great things goal. like Hellboy and mm-hmm. BRPD have done in the past. I think that makes a, a lot of sense. And mm-hmm. I know Stan Sakai is, you know, someone that has an old is an older cartoonist, and we often hear of his health problems and uh, you know that his books don't make the money that they should be. And mm-hmm. I think, hope you know, with the comic market loves the number one. Absolutely. And I hope that this is a great way to make him a bit more money. Yeah, as someone who's always felt a little bit overwhelmed by the Yusagi Yujimbo books, and I've never really gotten started on them because there's just so many and it's it's been going for so long. This was extremely like satisfying to be able... And I'm sure I could have done this at any point and mm-hmm. just jumped on, but it's nice to be able to feel like, oh, cool, Like I know this is the beginning of an arc and I'm going to just follow this to the end. Yeah. Um, so uh, the way of a, uh, of a ronin is... Uh, can be lonely mm-hmm. um and yusagi yojimbo often you know he, he if he has any friends in this world it's you know like uh the odd well-meaning police officer or like you know whatever the feudal japanese version of a police officer is yeah um and each each book is kind of like you know will be him kind of coming to a new village and finding some evil threat and helping the people that live in that village and then going on his way mm-hmm. um but a lot of it also is about like uh the honor among thieves mm-hmm. and that kind of thing but this book is uh very different as someone that's read like you know a few hundred issues of Asagi yojimbo um this one is about the arrival of christianity to yeah. to japan yeah in the um there's actually a brilliant bit of back matter in which um, uh, Stan Sakai kind of goes through, you know, the U- European arrival in, in Japan in 1543 and how Portuguese sailors, the ones that bring Christianity mm-hmm. to um, to Japan and how it was eventually like outlawed. Mm. Um, and um, especially after, because they would, would kind of set up, set up missions on different Japanese islands and 
um, the different emperors, you know, like get more and more aggressive towards the uh, the, the rise of Christianity in Japan, and and it ends up getting completely outlawed. Um, and so this is kind of a, a comic set around that. Um, and it also just reads like a straight detective story, though. It's just yeah. like there's some bodies. It's up to Usagi to figure it out. Totally, and that's 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 kind of par for the course when it comes to a, a, a sagi book. Mm. But yeah, the, having a like a, a religious commentary, mm. um, like I mean, we often get a lot of historical moments, but having the, like the one two shot of like it's a quite profound r- religious history mm. uh, in this because it, it, um, a sagi basically, in order to visit a village that he regularly visits, he has to um, show that he is not Christian by stepping on a like a, a picture of a cross. Right, in yeah, order yeah. to gain entrance to, access to the town. I'd never heard of that before. Mm. And uh, I just thought it was quite fascinating. It really brings another level of depth to, you know, these are pretty usually pretty simple stories. And I mm. thought this was as far as like having quite a lot of meat to the story and the, and the, and the background of the story. This is a really enjoyable read. Absolutely. Agreed. I loved it. Um, it goes without saying that Stan Sakai's cartooning is like so good. one of the greats, one of the black and white greats. Absolutely. Um, and, uh, you know, he just so much life and fun in, in every character that he draws and, you know, the facial expressions, the brilliant action that you see throughout the, the pages. Mm. I, I love Osaka Yojimbo. And it was, uh, it was real cool to be able to read this along you, Absolutely. alongside you, along you, <laughs> alongside you. Do you enjoy it? Yeah, I loved it. I really, really enjoyed it. Yusagi Jimbo is one of those ones that I've been meaning to go back and read for a billion years. I've read other, another book that Stan Sakai did, 47 Ronin. Oh, yeah, that's great. Um, which is excellent. Um, and so this has been on my list for a long time. But if, I loved you, it. if you can find it, you might have to try and look, check the secondhand market. But Fantagraphics released um, all of the. Basically, like, like the, the, the license to Yusagi Jimbo's comics, like Dark Horse only have from like. Like maybe like issue 70 onwards. Right, so right, right. Fanagraphics put all of the first 70 in this beautiful double hardcover yeah. collection. Yeah, I remember that. It's, I remember specifically It's, it's being huge. Like, it's that. beautiful. If, mm. if you can try and find that, that's, uh, that's, that, w- that would be my uh, recommendation of how to get into it. There's also a brilliant book that he did called Space Osagi, cool. which was the first thing I ever read of his. Um, and it's like a sci-fi, like what if, what if Osagi cool. was a sci-fi character? Oh, that's so cool. it's like a little mini series. Highly recommended if you can track that one down too. Mm. There's a lot of good Asagi comics. Mm. Um, and you should definitely check this one out too if you've never read anything from him. Asagi Yojimbo, The Hidden. So great. Great time to jump on. Uh, so I left these ones to last because Marvel put out two number ones this week. Uh, I didn't read that. I didn't realize that was the number one. And I just went, nah. Yeah. Well, fair enough. Um, so this number one I'm going to talk about first is called Weapon H. Um, and it's written by Greg Pak with art by Corey Smith and Marcus Toe with colors by Maury Hollowell. Um, and I have not been reading, is it, was it his Weapon X book or his... Yeah, well, it was both. So I was reading and then just went like, nah. Um, both the Totally Awesome Hulk and Weapon X, there was a weird story that was crossing over between those two books because Greg Pak was writing them both. And so, it was like someone was, uh, or like uh, Weapon Weapon X, the, the people, the, the organization, were yep. trying to create like, more terrible mutant weapons and they were stealing various Weapon X people. So like Domino and Sabretooth and people who have like healing abilities and stuff like that. And then crossing it over with Hulk stuff to make Hulk crazy stuff. fucked up Hulks. Hulk come. Yeah. <laughs> you can say come. <laughs> um, <Hulk-ges. laughs> um And uh, so this Weapon H book is uh, what if the Hulk had had Wolverine claws? <laughs> 
it's Look, we've all that, been wondering. It, it, it's and so basically, it's about like a guy who is the they call him Hulkverine. Oh no, that's the worst version. Um, and so he's kind of like run away Walk. and and he's just trying to to trying to stay away from everybody and and not transform into the okay. into the into the Walk. Who is he? It's just some dude, some, ex some ex marine who has a family that boring, are, that are boring, to find boring, him. boring, boring. It just honestly, it is just a Hulk book yeah. without Bruce Banner, and the Hulk has claws now, and he just it, it's, <laughs> it's it, actually it's, surprisingly appealing. <laughs> but there's a Wendigo in it, so I that's love the, the Wendigo. Well, that's the but it's like um, it's like regular humans turning into Wendigos. You've convinced me. I'm that's what this. I'm trying to do. It. I hate it. I thought it was just this <laughs> real, real dull. Um, and it you, sounds really dull. Yeah. Um, I just like I think if, if 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 this came out like you know six months ago when there wasn't you know when Bruce Banner wasn't already back it would have made yeah. sense but now that we know Bruce Banner is back yeah why do we need a Hulk Vereen book as well as a I guess that whatever how come he's back what happened did I, you read that I'll get to that in the uh, in the review of our Marvel right. books this week because I read the last two issues of Avengers great but you can't wait for that can't wait so WMD Weapons of Mutant Destruction was Boom. the uh, was the Last event that kind of birthed this Hulk Vereen character, right? Greg Pak's doing it. Yeah, Greg Pak's done better comics for he Marvel sure and elsewhere. Um, in fact, one of our favorite books that he writes is the one he does for Boom. Yes, Met Cadet U. Yeah, so read that instead. Absolutely. Um, the other number one I read. Oh, you did too. I, you know what? I got like four pages in, and I went, ah, I can't be fucked. Um, me too, but not because I can't be fucked. Um, you're going to laugh so much about this. So this uh, number one is called Iron Man Hong Kong Heroes. It's written by Howard Wong and Justice Wong on art. Um, Good name. Featuring the debut of an all-new armoured hero. And this is basically a comic book version of, I guess, the story behind the Iron Man ride at Hong Kong Disneyland. <sighs> so I got a few pages into this, realised what it was, and... Yeah, I agree with you. It wasn't very good, but I didn't read it because I was like, well, what if I go to Hong Kong and go to Disneyland? I don't want to spoil the ride. <laughs> so I didn't read it for that reason. <laughs> that is ridiculous. I didn't like the art at all. And also, okay, what's worse? Comics that tie into comics that tie into movies, comics that tie into video games, or comics that tie into fucking rides at theme parks. I think that may be the worst of them all. Or ones that... Um, this is like, I feel like a separate category. Ones that tie into uh, like mobile games. Oh, yeah. That may be the worst. Are we getting a Candy Crush comic soon? I'm, I would be shocked if the one didn't already exist. Doodle Jump, the manga. <laughs> I'm sure there was a Doodle Jump comic. There was a Doodle Jump comic. There was a Doodle Jump comic. Yeah, like three or four years ago. I'm right on that. Aren't I, Jim? Wasn't there a Doodle Jump comic? If I say so, that's the best answer ever. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, d- definitely give Iron Man Hong Kong Heroes a miss. Absolutely. And this is coming from someone who even reads all of the MCU tie-in comics. Yeah. Which are never good. They're never good. But this was even less good than that. Mm, good. Uh, so that is the end of a very short issue uh, uh, rendition of, uh, of First Things First. Now it's time for Siobhan to roll the dice. Oh, goodness. But I just realized this morning, I'm like, I always roll the dice. So surely you want to roll the dice. Uh, so we were re- recently gifted a very delicious dice mm. um, that is a three-sided die. Uh, and uh, we roll it to see. I'm gonna, I'm, Siobhan is just rolling them around in her hand right now. I'm, just I'm waiting see for how you. I'm waiting talk. for you. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, so if Siobhan rolls a one, we it's, we talk about Marvel first. Number two is Image first. No, incorrect. Oh, number well. one is Image. Uh, number three is Marvel, and number two is DC. I reckon two is DC, but all right, sure. Two is yeah. all right. Whatever. Roll it. <laughs> it's okay, first, a one. First image. Image first. Great fun. And then image again. Cool. Two images. This is why I shouldn't be allowed to roll the dice. 
Image, then Marvel, then DC. Okay, great. Great. Excellent. Uh, so we're going to talk about Image Comics right now Let's and uh, kick things off with uh, the, the, the book comic that I know Siobhan left till last to read. Yeah. Uh, but we're going to review it first. Um, it is Kill or Be Killed, um, a book that, as you know, we passionately hate <laughs> and just read. It's because the worst. It's just, it, it is it's just, awful. it's not a triumph of comics and storytelling at all. And it's so poorly illustrated. Um, it's Mike Millar's worst book. <laughs> <laughs> Kill or Be Killed. What is Mike Millar's worst book? Uh, is there an all of the above option? Yes. No, there are. Correct. He's got some good ones. He's got some good ones, but what about most of the above. Most of the above. <laughs> um, Ed Brubaker, Sean Phillips, and Elizabeth Brightwise are teaming up for Kill or Be Killed, issue number 17. Uh, was voted our best non-superhero comic of last year by all mm-hmm. listeners, but I think we would have given it best comic. Um, it's just a joy to read every single time it comes around. Um, it is about a uh, uh, a vigilante um, who becomes a vigilante because he of a demon in his head that yep. tells him that he needs to kill somebody a month yep. or else... Uh, he will kill him, I guess. I guess. I yeah. think so. Seal his soul. Um, like that. But as the series progresses, you question whether or not he's actually seeing a demon. If mm-hmm. if he is a, is is you know seeing visions and um, he has a, he learns he has a history of of of, uh, of mental issues. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, this this current arc has our main character inside of a mental asylum mm-hmm. and um, attempting to maybe get his one kill of the month while inside the asylum, um, mental hospital. You don't have it. That, the yeah, silence don't really exist in the real world anymore, do they? Mm, don't think so. Um, this arc has been like pretty thrilling. Yeah. Um, for something that is so talky. You, yeah. And 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 I love like the, the 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 way that Rebecca uses narration, first person narration from our main character is so playful, mm-hmm. and you so quickly forget what the what the main parts of the story are about because yeah. he'll go off on a tangent and explain like very intricate moments that happen within his life mm-hmm. so much so that you then will like you know we get to the final page of of this issue and he's like oh shit i forgot to tell you about like you know how you know this other yeah. thing you know that this big big plot point i didn't tell you anything more about that and i said i would at the start oh well wait till next, next time. time and it's like it's so good. It's so good. It's not. You never like. You don't feel cheated you're, because the story that you that you are told instead of that is mm-hmm. so rich and rewarding. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But it's just like, oh fuck, there's so much going on in this book. Yeah, and uh, th- and it's such a like, it's such a um, such a strong character piece that you forget how tightly and intricately plotted mm. it is and how much is going on all the time. It's so brilliant. It's so clever. I love it so much. And, you know, Sean Phillips, one of our favorite artists. Yep. And I think his works never looked better when paired with Elizabeth Brightwise's coloring, yep. which has uh, been like a pretty recent addition to, uh, mm-hmm. since uh, Fatal, I think. Yeah. But they're um, like now such a strong team and they work so well. So well together. And um, there's not much I can say about Sean Phillips's incredible art that I haven't said before. Yeah. So I will talk about the variant cover this oh, week. So beautiful. Um. Image are doing these series of uh, wraparound variants. Mm-hmm. So it's all it is. You don't even see the title of the comic on the front. It's just a piece of art from the main mm-hmm. main series artist that just wraps around the entirety of the book. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Saga's one is really weird. Have you seen it? It comes coming out this week. No. We can talk about it then. But it's um, Saga Fifty. Yeah, Saga so Fifty. So it's just a regular cover, and then on the back, it just has a quote from um, Brian K. Vaughan about how much he loves Fiona Staples. Oh, <laughs> that's beautiful though. Um, the one for Monstrous this week is so beautiful. Yes, but and that wasn't by a regular series. No. Was it? I love. I, I, I wish that I, even though I'd like the artwork in Monstrous, I, I would I would definitely read it if it had yeah, that yeah, artwork. Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. Cover. 
Um, Zibia Killer Be Killed, I, I just has this in, in, incredible, uh, like image of, of of the main character who's you know escaping this mental hospital, wearing his red balaclava. Yeah, in a um in the snow. It's it's incredible. It's so gorgeous. In a in a undone straight jacket. Yeah, and so this great. is like this is such a like. This book is so perfect and I'm sort of like, I'm like, I can't wait till it's finished and we can like talk about it properly and talk about like all the plot points and stuff. A big part of spoiler cast would be great. Yeah. I don't want to, um, I don't want to give anything away, but this is such a like, such a satisfying sort of vigilante, revengey story. Like everyone who, everyone who gets got deserves it fully. And there's something really satisfying about the bit where he, like just before he, um, can I just say no. Well, yeah. anyway, he goes just before he does something. <laughs> he says, "You're not supposed to say retard anymore." <laughs> As someone who finds that very irritating in a person, I really enjoyed that. As yeah. a the last words yeah. someone hears, absolutely, I enjoyed that. And the back matter is always so fucking great. I, every single every single month, I'm like, I am writing all of these movies down that he talks about because they are they sound so good. What a pity you hate movies, though. I hate movies, <laughs> but I love black and white movies. Oh, really? Yeah. So, I write all of those down and then Just I Just get a black and white television, then you'll love every movie. Ah, that's a good idea. Good hack. Life hack. <laughs> uh, so, you mentioned Monstrous. Um, yes. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't keep up with this series. I gave the first trade a, a read and I, and I enjoyed it, but I found it a little bit too... Uh, like uh, first of all, fantasy is yeah. never really my thing, but it was uh, that wasn't what turned me off. It was the kind of edginess of uh, yeah. of the main character that um, that I didn't really gel with me. I sort of love her because she's this really complicated, angry demon lady. So she has like a monster that literally lives inside her, and it's like this sort of horrible demon god, yeah, and eats people and stuff like that. And so she's this really I like that part of it. Yeah, it's really cool. And she's and just she, like, she was just playing rude. She, <laughs> she swears a lot, um, and there are some pretty funny swears that you don't expect in a book that is this sort of gorgeously like illustrated and is such a sort of high fantasy idea. Um, so, and then she just turns around and goes, fuck you. <laughs> and then and then and then pulls her skirt up and pees in the in the public. That happens a lot in Monstrous. <laughs> really? I don't remember that ever happening. <laughs> I'll find screenshots. Uh it's written by Marjorie Marjorie Liu. Uh, Liu yep. And um, with art by uh Marcio Takara, is that correct? Fuck. Where's the fucking credits? I should know that. But you don't. There it is. Yeah, San, Sana Takita. Sorry, Sana Takita. Um, anyway, this is beautiful. It has talking cats. It has fox people. It has everything that you want from like a cool, very Japanese-inspired fantasy book. And it's very like it's another one that's hard to talk about because it's been going on for so long. Like this is issue number. God damn it! Why did I go away from the credits? Issue fifteen. Oh, it's only issue fifteen. Mm-hmm. Wow, it has so much lore involved, and it's such a complicated story. I feel like it's been going for way longer than that. But I think that's a positive thing. And there are big gaps between each kind of collection, the yeah, trade, you know. Each absolutely. Um, but it's just, it's it's a very sort of satisfying read every time. Every time I'm sort of like, oh, Monstrous takes so long to read and like, it seems like such an effort. And every single time I'm like, oh, I'm so glad I did that. Because it's just... Um, <laughs> it's like going to the gym. It's like You never going... want to do it, but you never regret it afterwards. Absolutely. The newly fit... I'm the worst now. <laughs> Agreed. You're a monster. Oh, good good uh, segue to um, a book we just talked about. Yeah. Anyway, I like it. Everyone should read Monstrous. Pick up the trades. 
Um, so uh, a book that we've been following quite intently since it started is a little um, like horror kind of anthology series called yeah. Ice Cream Man, um, written by W. Martin Prince and art by Martin Marazzo. W. Maxwell Prince. W. Maxwell Prince. Of course. Martin Prince is the name of the uh, geeky kid yeah. in The Simpsons. Yes. Um, he should write this comic. He um, absolutely should. Colors by Chris O'Halloran. Um, and basically, each issue follows um, an ice cream man who gives um, these very, very sad characters ice cream that represents everything that they want in this world, or does mm-hmm. it? Mm-hmm. Um, and this was my favorite issue of the series so far. So sad. In which we are introduced to a one-hit wonder um, who in the 50s was the lead singer of a band called The Rockets and had a song called Rock All The Time. Um, and then we jump forward to th- today and he's just a sad old man in a diner who gets drunk every morning mm. um, and uh, is just desperate for another hit. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, the ice cream man shows up and gives him a nice scoop of vanilla ice cream. Mm-hmm. And suddenly our, you know, anti- our, our, our zero, not because he ain't no hero, mm-hmm. uh, is transported to this like weird fantasy world where he's given... Um, He's, he comes face to face with a bunch of people that are named after um, fictional characters in songs. So Eleanor Rigby and, um, and Rocky Raccoon. Actually, it's mostly just Beatles and, and Bowie songs. But um, that's good. Yeah, totally. Uh, Major Tom's there, mm-hmm. Captain Jack. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, he's given a, a guitar that allows him to fight these you know, weird ice cream demons in mm-hmm. this fantasy world. Um, and so it's yeah, this like, you know, sad one-hit wonder. Uh, trying to write one more hit so we can save this world. Um, it's very, very surreal and weird. and um, So devastatingly depressing. Yes. Um, and, yet, and yet no one dies in this issue, whereas lots of them did in the other two. Yeah. But this is yeah. somehow way more sad. Yeah. Just old people. <laughs> one hit wonders, man. Yeah. Great, though. So good, man. What I, a great comic. I really want... You know, occasionally, like, you know, you you... You read a like a, a, a fake song in a, in a comic or a book or mm-hmm. whatever, and you're like, "That's not a song." Mm. This one genuinely sounds like a like a song, like a 1950s like, a, like rock one of those, yeah. yeah. Rock in the morning, rock around noon, rock in the evening, <laughs> rock it to the moon. So keep those hips a swaying because it ain't no crime. When they ask you when to rock, just tell them rock all the time. <laughs> That's how I live my life. I want to hear that song. <laughs> I never, I never like read a fake song and never yeah. think that, but I actually want to hear this dippy song. Yep. Absolutely um, agreed. Ice Cream Man, like if you have heard us talk about this in the past and have been like, this sounds interesting, um, definitely just pick this issue up. If, if you yeah. see it on the shelves, uh, pick it up because, you, you know, it is an anthology. You just don't, you can read it issue to issue. Yeah. Just know that you're going to meet some sad people and at one point a weird Ice Cream Man is going to show up and give him an ice cream that represents something else. Yep. Um, and uh, that is a very quick summary of what this series is about, but God damn it, if it ain't one of the best series coming out through Image at the moment. It really is. There's such an interesting creative team. I love what they're doing. Yeah, definitely. Um, so uh, another issue three that came out, in fact, these books come out the same same week each each month. Um, the further, very different. The Further Adventures of Nick Wilson um, is a book written by Eddie Gorodetsky and Mark Andreko with art by Stephen Sadowski, colors by Hi-Fi. Um, this is about um, the an- another has been mm-hmm. a one hit wonder, except instead of music, his hit was being a superhero at one point. The first and only ever superhero um, but in he this world. Mysteriously loses his powers, and now he's just some schlub who, like you know, does appearances at birthday parties mm-hmm. and uh, tries to rekindle an old 
Actually, no, he's not even. They're just even, friends. They're just friends. Yeah, he's friends with like his his high school girlfriend now. Mm-hmm. Um, and this issue is about um him going to his ten year high school reunion. Mm. Um, and uh, they even talk about what a dumb trope that is in the back matter. Yeah. Um, but I loved this issue, and I was I I was like, I don't know if I want to read this issue. Like when, when I saw it on my stack, and yeah. this fully won won me over. I'm gonna see. This, I'm gonna probably see this series out to the end now, off the back of how much I enjoyed this issue yeah this issue was definitely the most fun you get to see like proper character development Mm -hmm. for our lead you get to see like you know uh, female characters actually becoming like their own human and stuff like that which is really good fun she's the best character yeah absolutely and it's funny like i really i really enjoyed it and then i read the back matter and i was like no go fuck yourself (laughs) so i didn't read all the back matter so the second um the first um little little letter by mark andreco was lovely Mm-hmm. Very cute. Um, that, then, that's all I read, which is yeah. just him kind of explaining like what a trope it is to do a high school reunion um, issue, and yeah, yeah. Eddie Godareski, his he wrote a really long essay, and it was just a bit like, "All right, mate." Like, just made me roll my eyes a little bit because it was a bit like, like it was a good issue. It was definitely a good issue, but I wouldn't say it was like fucking incredible, and I wouldn't say oh, it was totally. anything that like pushed the art of comics forward and all this kind of shit. And he's comparing himself to. I'm probably I'm probably just being a cunty now, but um, <laughs> but there's a bit where he goes, um, it is a universal story told against a background of capes and powers, but it is not a hu- superhero story. It is a human story. Then fucking don't make it about superheroes, mate. Yeah. That's how I feel about Tom King as well. And he mentions Tom King in this, and maybe that's the moment where I was like, no. no see, yeah, I only read the first page of his thing, and I was like, this is fine. And yeah, just, I don't, I'm not going to read a three page back matter thing. Yeah, that's just your like, fault for reading it. I, I think. know it's absolutely my fault. It's 100 percent my fault. Um, and but you're right. Get over yourself, me. Eddie Gorodetsky. Yeah, like this is a good comic, but it's it's, it's mostly just fine. Mm. Anyway. Um. Yeah. But uh, oh god. Yeah. I'm just reading parts of it now. Yeah, uh, and there's a whole bit where he talks about, like, everyone's everyone's too nostalgic about stuff and, like, you should all, like, look outside the box of your own childhood and, like, because there's so much great art for you oh to no. discover, like, my God. I know women read Wonder Woman and see themselves and African-Americans do the same with Black Panther. That's a big that's a big part of what will make them endure. Nick Wilson is a smaller story, but for anyone who has had to climb up from public failure, has like don't compare it to, to the cultural Yeah. Uh. For for schlubby white guys who <laughs> used to be a big deal and now aren't anymore. This is your book. Uh, weird. This is for you, Very fellas. Strange. Finally, something for you. Whatever. It's a good book, Eddie. Yeah, it's a good book. Write less back matter in the future. Write Please. more comics. Please and thank you. Um, I read like a page of Death of Love, number two, I didn't even by Justin Jordan. And yeah, this I, I don't think we need to talk about it. Yeah. I just I was just like, ah, oh, no. Just not for us. Yeah. I, 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 yeah, it wasn't. You're right. Mm. Why say anything more? Mm. Um, so, so too, uh, I read a few more pages of uh, the latest issue of Rumble, which is mm-hmm. a book that I've stuck with uh, for a, a while now, in spite of not really enjoying where it's <laughs> where it is. Uh, written by John Acuity with a, uh, one of my favorite artists, David Rubin, on it. Mm-hmm. But I think I just I can't be bothered with this series anymore. I'm out Ooh, officially nice. out officially. Uh, Descender um, is Jeff what a Le- great cover. I know Jeff Lemire and Dustin Nguyen's um, book that was recently announced. It will be ending in around the issue 40 mark. Cool. Maybe a little bit before. Oh, cool. Um, Maybe I'll actually get around to reading it all then. But, uh, <gasps> dude, this, this so issue. Beautiful. So beautiful. They're basically, expl- like, Descender is about, you know, it's set in the far future um, and uh, where, you know, the, the world has robots that, that, that do everything for them, but there are a race of robots that come to, um, to I guess, the, 
equivalent of Earth and, and basically like lay waste to many, many cities. Mm. Um, and it, we learn that in this, like we go back in the history and learn about the Descenders, mm-hmm. which is what this race of, um, uh, race of robots call themselves. Mm-hmm. And uh, they are the ones who give humans the technology and inspiration to create robots. Um, but the right. intention was for them to be created as companions, not as mm. slaves. Right. And so we see everything, like basically all the seeds are laid for how this series started in mm-hmm. this great, um, this great two-parter that kind of delved, went back in time and explained how it all started. Mm. Um, but did that great thing where we introduced to a character and then we see 4,000 years later and then that character is now part of the story now because oh, cool. he's a robot. And so cause you can last that long when yeah, you're yeah, a robot. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's just really cool having a character that's four thousand years old in your in your in your in your, in your sci-fi comic now. Yeah, cool, um, gorgeous. This is a great issue, and uh, yeah, I definitely like. I know this is probably the Lumiere comic that's coming out right now that the least people read. Mm. It's very good. Man, I don't understand how he's so good so consistently. Mm. What's he doing? What kind of performance and Black enhancing magic. drugs? Mm, probably, huh? Um, so, uh, talk, tell me about Witchblade. You know, okay, so this is issue four of Witchblade, written by Caitlin Kittredge, with art by Roberta Ingranata and Brian uh, Valenza on colors. And I don't understand how I'm at issue four and I'm lost. Oh, and no. I don't know if it's like my fault because I read too many comic books. And that's definitely something that I think about. Yeah, totally. Like, we're not doing justice <laughs> to some of these series because we read so many. And I forget what the hell happened issue to issue. Um, but this is. Uh, it's sort of weird and a bit complicated and they go a lot into like witchblade history but i'm more confused by like the current events and stuff it's uh, like really gorgeously illustrated and i like that but i do have trouble telling characters from each other and i i forget the history of this specific girl a lot um which is is frustrating and i'm probably i'm gonna try and stick with it at least like six issues like finish off the first arc and see how I feel about it because mm-hmm. I, I want to give it a chance. Um, but it's not it's not totally the best thing ever. Right. Mm, good review. You know what is totally the best thing ever? Stray Me. Bullets, Sunshine and Roses. <laughs> issue number 33, written and drawn by David Latham. I'll point out that this book definitely not for everyone. Yeah, extremely for me. Nice, because um, you're disgusting. Well, this this book it's a you know it's a it's a book about despicable criminals mm-hmm. uh, who have no redeeming features, just like you. Uh, that's right. <laughs> uh, and uh, He's a there's a uh, there's you know it, it 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 is very darkly comedic at parts, but sometimes it can just be a straight crime book. It's quite I've seen it described as nihilistic a mm-hmm. lot of times. Um, Luffin's a very gifted writer and uh, is very very good at making you like forcing you to start to care about a character and then having that character do the, the worst thing they've ever done. Cool. Um, and, uh, Make you feel bad. This recently, um, in, the, in Sunshine of Roses is like a, is, is like an in-between story mm-hmm. um, that happened. This, the, the, the events happen either concurrently or in-between a certain point in the original 40 issues of Stray Bullets. Um, we're now to issue 33 of this, like, you know, kind of mm-hmm. time jump back. Mm-hmm. Um, so it looks like this is going to run as long as, if not longer than the original 40 issues of Stray Bullets, which is crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, but in uh, re- a recent epi- issue, um, uh, one of the characters, Kretsch, um, uh, injured his, ha- his, his arm um, okay. and his arm has been dying um, <gasps> and he has no feeling in it. <laughs> and um, in this issue, he ditches... Uh, the uh, characters that he's been uh, spending the last, you know, 
20 issues with Mm -hmm. um, because they will not help him cut his arm off and then goes Mm -hmm. to find someone who will. Uh, That sounds horrible. It's amazing. I love this book so much. And uh, Thank uh, goodness it's in black and white. It's one of those ones where you're like, if it wasn't in black and white, it would be too gory. Yeah, totally. And it still is very gory, but like, you know, instead of... You can cope with it. Uh, It's just scribbles. Whenever he he does, he's, you know, he's an incredible cartoonist but like when you see something quite violent he he leaves a lot up to your imagination yeah because cool. he just does like like gross lines yeah that aren't really depicting anything in particular but you know you know that was someone's you head at one vibe. point or that was someone's arm at one point um so yeah mm-hmm. another very strong mm-hmm. issue uh from of straight straight bullets sunshine and roses uh and uh, hashtag uh read Stray Bullets. That's a terrible hashtag. That's I don't a know bad why I hashtag. hashtag. But I, I, I'm just wanting to, you know, create a movement of people reading this book so I just have someone to talk to about. Yeah, nice. Um, one of my favorites. You know no, what you need to do? You need to start a specific club and then assign people books to read so that then you have someone to talk to them about. That's what I, mean, I did. Oh, right. Queens, so Kings of Kings? Yeah. Kings of Kings. Actually, Make it like in the MRA. Oh, I can't wait. Great. I am a monster <laughs> yeah, after all. Uh, so we're we doing DC or Marvel next? Oh god, I can't remember. I think it was Marvel. Um, I think it was Marvel. Yeah. Uh, so we just did Image. Now we're going to do Marvel, and we kick things off with uh, the saddest book on the stands this week. Yeah. But it was a glory sad. Absolutely. Uh, issue seven hundred and five of the Mighty Thor, which is called, entitled "The Death of the Mighty Thor," um, and you know those those uh, those six words that I just said haven't quite happened yet. No. We don't know if they will happen. Yeah. Pretty sure they're going to happen. Pretty sure. Um, and so we are... At the very least, that's the end of this Thor for the moment. Yeah. Right? Like, oh, I don't know. Like, yeah. Maybe. But what we get... We, like, we know that this this entire book is about this, you know, this final sacrifice of, of Jane Foster as mm. Thor. And um, all of the, the, the lead up to her making the decision yeah. to picking up this hammer was just so so gripping and then to to have this brilliant issue of her basically saving Asgard mm. as Thor even though most of Asgard didn't accept her as Thor mm. and and being a hero for herself I just thought this was just this is as good as superhero comics get yeah and I love that like even after this mighty Thor run you know we've got one more issue of this mm. we still have Jason Aaron writing you know coming full circle and writing uh, the Odinson as Thor again. God, I love Jason Aaron. He's just, and this is his book. This is like yeah, swan absolutely. song. Absolutely. Love letter to everything that he loves about Marvel comics. And mm-hmm. it's been such an incredible run. And, and, I, and I really, you know, it's, it's a bummer that Russell Dorderman isn't sticking around for the next incarnation of Thor, because I feel like he has been such yes. an important part of the Jane Foster story, but it makes yeah. it kind it was- of, yeah, it kind of works that he is going to, who's, who's, do we know who's taking over or not? I can't remember, but. But he, he, like the, the look of Jane Foster thought, I think is like, A, it's the strongest character design for me of the last like 10 years. Um, I think it's such a perfect costume. It's such a perfect look and vibe. I absolutely love it. Oh, dude. It's um, Mike Del Mondo and art. Yes! <laughs> That's so great. That's so great. That's so great. But this is like, this book is such a, you know, like in, in, in the hundredth year of Jack Kirby's life, this is such an incredible tribute to a world that he created. And I think it's um, yeah, I, like, you so know, perfect. An Earth hero going up against absolutely everything that's thrown at them, and 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 the icky Mangog. Yes, and uh, God, it was just brilliant. It's so brilliant. Um, and so yeah, th- this issue made me very emotional. 
Yeah. Um, and I think it's done in a way that isn't cheesy at all. No. And I've, you know, I've never read The Death of Captain Marvel, which is what a lot of people kind of reference as like, like oh, yeah. one of like the... Have you ever read that? No. So the original Captain Marvel dies of cancer, not of like, not in battle. Right, right, right. And apparently that, that the big farewell issue is quite poignant. And mm. was like a kind of uh, the first time anyone kind of saw death treated in a really mature way in a comic book. Yeah. And I, 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 I wonder if the way I feel about this book is the same way that people felt reading mm-hmm. that for the first time mm-hmm. because i mean that that is also the main reason jane foster dies yeah or, or, or potentially dies yeah yeah and um, we, get, we get a cute smooch at the end oh beautiful smooch that, that was so great anyway you should be reading this book i assume that like 90 percent of our listeners already are reading this i assume that 90 percent of humans are reading this <laughs> and then i try and talk to 90 percent of humans about it and they're like what <laughs> what's a comic <laughs> Um, another book that I love almost as much as Thor, uh, because I love the, uh, artist almost as much as Russell Dorneman. He's like one tiny click away is Chris Anker and his brilliant work. Actually, you know what? They're equals. They're, they're equals. just, they're just, they're yeah, two of the can't greatest. can't compare them. They're yeah. so fucking good. And Chris Anker, like, oh, the, the, like the face that he has given Nico is so glorious. Like and these, the these look the like. Hair individual human beings in the face. We're talking about in Runaways. Their faces. Runaways, uh, written by Rainbow Rowell, art by Chris Anker, colours by Matthew Wilson. Um, we've loved every issue of this run. It feels crazy to me that this isn't making like a bigger cultural impact than it is. Because it just... I can't believe that this is celebrating everything I love about this series. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, but it really feels like it's, she's allowed the characters to grow up. Yep. This isn't her doing like a tribute album to Brian K. Vaughan's series. But it is tonally the best version of these characters that I have read yeah, since I would agree. Brian K. Yeah, Vaughan's. definitely agree. Um, and uh, every issue, I fall in love with one of the characters' hair and style more. This. Like- just the little, sorry, but the little, little touches, like the fact that everyone's wearing, like, Janet Van Dyne branded clothing. Like, she's a designer. This is the shit that I love. Yeah, and you saw Chris Anker this week, like, did a big tweet about mm-hmm. Janet, like, you know, all his life he was, he imagined the, the, the fashion line that Janet Van Dyne had. Yeah. And, like, this is him just making it his own thing. Um, he also has one of the best signatures in uh, in comics. Yeah, true. Very cool. Very cool. Um, but I can't even remember what the story was because I just love everything. Yeah, I love, it's uh, it's everyone, about the characters like, and their yeah. style and Carolina. Chase having to get a job. I love Carolina's hair. Yeah. She's my, she's my favorite at the moment. Hair and style wise. I know everyone loves Nico, but Carolina's my new fave. Molly's so cute and everything. And Molly's such a good, good teen. Molly. I know. I know. It's, it's all, so, it's so like Her, her innocence is on. constantly crushed. Yeah. But it's just, it's. This is such a character-driven book yet, and it's like it is a superhero book, but we haven't seen much superheroics yet. But you don't miss it at all. Like it's so perfect and fun, and these characters feel so real. And yeah, totally. I love it. Like, yeah, I love it so much. I feel like this is another. This is another issue of Runaways that doesn't have one fight scene in it. But no. that, I, that's not why I read Runaways. Absolutely. But you know, I, I don't think this is. I think this is certainly not selling badly, but it's also probably not, you know, setting the sales on fire, which is a term they use in the biz. Absolutely. Um, but I feel like this is the kind of book that if they, if, if, if it doesn't do well in singles, if they just started releasing it as graphic novels, graphic yeah. novels it would do so well. Like young, young adult graphic novel, mm-hmm. novels featuring these characters because it's so appealing. It just to is. A, yeah. Everything about it is great. And this creative team is just one of my all-time favorites. Um, and they've only done seven issues together, yeah, but like, they're, they're just absolutely brilliant. Yeah. I love Rainbow Rowell. I will now be reading everything that she does. 
No. Novels way. or no, just no, comics? No, no, no. Good Lord, no. <laughs> but comics, yes. Good Lord, um, yes. This is, yeah, this is excellent. If you loved the first series um, and if you read it, you definitely did. <laughs> yeah. Um, this is uh, definitely like, you know, doing justice to those characters and then some. Uh, I, and I, it's giving Chris Anka such a chance to like just be him. Yes. You know? And, totally. Because that guy, oh. Chase, is so fucking hot now. <laughs> like, I don't... <laughs> I, like, I don't, Chase is handsome. I don't, Chase I would, in a suit. Especially right. like, like guys with long hair, that's extremely not my thing. But like yeah. he, he sells it. He, he makes it work does. on Chase. Absolutely. It makes me consider just growing out that mane. Could do it. Do you reckon? Get a little bit of a shitty goatee going. I love how he doesn't even have a mouth on the front cover. Have you seen that? Chase's mouth is like this bizarre, like, it's so great. It's such an, it really sums up his personality really well. He's like pursing his lips so yeah. tight that you can't even see his mouth. They've disappeared. Oh, I love this book. It's so perfect, guys. Gush fest. Yeah. Read it. Um, Thanos. What? How do I keep missing Thanos? Oh, that's a bummer. That's a bummer. Uh, written by Donny Cates with art by Jeff Shaw and um, oh, colors by cover. Antonio Fabella. Um, this is uh, an arc set in the distant future where Thanos wins, but in order for him to uh, complete his final battle, he needs to bring the current day Thanos to his time. So we have uh, Thanos face-to-face with old man Thanos mm-hmm. uh, and meeting all these different other characters uh, from the Marvel Universe that are still around and trying to take out Thanos or siding by him. So we have Frank Castle as uh, this like cosmic ghost rider. Um, and then we have uh, Silver Surfer wielding Thor's hammer. Um, and there's this glorious battle um, in which mm. uh, this is yet another book in which the Hulk suddenly appears. <laughs> Why not? Um, and uh, uh, finally, we see the Thanoses come face to face with their love, the Lady is Death it, herself. Is it bony death? Um, we don't know yet. Uh. Does this death have a rack? We'll find out. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, it looks like the next the next final issue of this great, very very cool run, like and, and like solidifying that. Cates is probably going to be one of Marvel's biggest writers over the next mm. few years just because he, you know, he, he just isn't afraid to just have so much fun shit. and do crazy shit with mm-hmm. the, the, you know, the wealth of characters at Marvel's disposal. Um, the, the finale is going to be, I guess, a wedding between Old Man Thanos and Death. Really? Yeah. That's so fun. I'm into it. <laughs> it's the celebrity wedding of the year. And Jeff Shaw is a great pick for this. Like, because you want it to be this, it has to be like, Cosmic, but also has to be like quite gritty because yeah, it's so. Yeah, yeah. It's a Thanos book, you know. Mm. He has to like. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over seventy percent of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. 
Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Beat the shit out of people and have blood and spit spray everywhere when he does it. Yeah. And uh, Jeff Shaw is a great, great pick for artists. Gorgeous. Um, so yeah, I like this book a lot. Um, and uh, Donny Cates is also the writer, um, co-writer of uh, Doctor Strange Damnation at the moment, which he co-writes with Nick Spencer. Um, this issue number three of Doctor Strange Damnation uh, it has art by Simon Kudransky. It's quite weird. And uh, art by Dan Brown. Um, yeah, I, I went from like loving one page of his art to hating it. Like he, mm. some characters, like I, lo- I love his Moon Knight is awesome, but and mm. and and his Ghost Riders or anyone that has a flaming skull. He does he does on great stuff on, but they're, yeah, they're, it's a bit like Travel Foreman, where like he's yeah. really really good at some art and not and really good at other parts. <laughs> yeah, Elsa Bloodstone needs to put a bra on. Is she even in this issue? Like very very briefly, but you see the entire outline of her boobs. Really, which which page is that? <laughs> <laughs> it's the one where Moon Knight thinks that he's worthy for a second. Oh, oh there you go! That wow. was a good moment. Oh, Bendis is coming. <laughs> Um, so yeah, this, uh, this this book is uh, Doctor Strange has um, has uh, risen, brought, hell on a, hell well, on brought, brought Las Vegas back from hell, but in doing so, he's also brought Mephisto <laughs> to Las Vegas, and um, this shows uh, a, a bunch of uh, you know weird uh, heroes and antiheroes coming together to fight a bunch of uh, Avengers who have now become Ghost Riders. Yes, and Ghost Rider Doctor Strange has now been inhabited by the body of his dead dog, Bats. Yeah, that was very Pretty fun. Pretty hilarious. That was really fun. There's a lot of, again, this, a is, sentence to this say. is again Donny Cates doing a lot of like crazy fun shit yeah. with the Marvel Universe. And I, don't, I feel like the dialogue isn't very Spencer-y. No, it's not. I assumed that Spencer was more plotting and Cates was, I don't know why I assumed that, but I did. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, I, I guess if, um, if 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 Spencer was writing it, Elsa Bloodstone would say way more and it would be horrible. Absolutely. And she would be like, I want to date everyone, but now I'm going to fight with women over dating people. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. That happened a lot in Ant-Man, didn't yes, it? Yes, it did. Spencer's Ant-Man. Yes. Um, but I'm, I'm enjoying this event. Like It's 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 very fun and silly. And it is. It's the kind of thing that I only need to read once. Yep. And it's got so many ghost writers in it. That's which right. It's fun. Um, and we actually get uh, a ghost writer book spinning out of this soon, I think. Oh, really? Yeah. Another spinning out of this book that we got this week was issue 78 of Iron Fist, which I read because it tied into Damnation. Uh, I've I've read a few issues of this run. I haven't quite enjoyed much of it. Uh, Written by Ed Brisson. This uh, also had art by Damien Cusiero and uh, colors by Andy Troy. And um, this is actually quite a fun little issue in which we kind of... Like um, the art. Yeah, the art was the, probably the, the strongest thing about this for me. But um, uh, the first half of this issue is uh, Danny Rand kind of trapped in his own head and kind of seeing his entire life's events mm. um, flash before him, which I know really well because Siobhan and I had to do a history of Iron Fist yeah. for GameSpot <laughs> before the, uh, the Iron Fist Netflix series started. Yeah. A series that neither of us watched. <laughs> yep. Um, but uh, for for a small moment in time, Siobhan and I were the biggest Iron Fist fans who knew everything there was to know I about Iron Fist. I love Iron Fist. So it was good to see all of, Siob- all of Siobhan's hard Iron. research, um, which she did all by herself. Not, <laughs> I was not involved in that at all. But I really really pulled the, pulled the short straw that time. That was great. Thank you yeah, for doing all that hey, hard work. no worries. You do all of the work for the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, uh, then we see um, uh, Iron Fist face-to-face with uh, Mephisto. Um, and uh, he, he escapes. He's in More Las fists. Vegas. And um, Fat Cobra, 
Oh, Fat Cobra! I love like Fat Cobra. My favorite character from the uh, Fraction and Brubaker uh, Iron Fist run. Ah, uh, he's in he's in Las Vegas just because he heard it's where you go to get cheap booze and cheap women. Nice. So he's and then uh, there's there's like basically he's come to watch Iron Fist. Um, there's a, there's a there's a fight on mm-hmm. that's being advertised in Las Vegas of Iron Fist uh, having have, having a fight and um, and, it, nice. and it's revealed that it's someone from his past that he's got a, that, that that is posing as him instead of him being Iron Fist. Mm. It's pretty fun. Mm. Pretty really fun. Mm. Um, so I'll be I'll be I'll be continuing reading this series alongside Damnation and maybe afterwards too. Yeah, cool. Especially if uh, uh, Damien Cusiero, um is the uh, is the artist because I really like his art a lot. Good yeah, colors cool. by um, Andy Troy too. Huh, now you okay. can talk about this one. Okay. Uh, Tales of Suspense featuring Hawkeye and Winter Soldier, uh, issue number one hundred and three, part four or five of Red Ledger, which is the story in which Bucky Barnes and Clint Barton uh, try to <laughs> track. Tr- did you just call him Clint Barton? Clint Barton. No, Clint oh, Barton. I didn't. I'm calling him Clint Barton from now on. Um, Clint is one of those great words that sometimes the L and the I look way yeah. too close to each other in comic books. And it looks like the C word, which was Come. the name. <laughs> Come. It looks like Come. Which was the name of, do you remember? Um, Mark Millar's. Classic Mark Millar's yeah, like, but- little comic magazine that was called Clint because from a distance it looks like. You've already Clint. said the word. In I the, in the, in oh, the yeah, I have too. <laughs> Um, so yeah, this, uh, this book, uh, written by Matt Rosenberg with art by Travel Foreman. It's about Clint Barton and, uh, and, and Bucky Barnes, Winter Soldier and Hawkeye trying to track down who they think might be the return of Black Widow. And in this issue, we, we learn that yes, she is alive. And then we have this fucking stupid, like, I just fucking hated this book. So (laughs) I know, I know. And like, I don't know this. I, I barely understood it. What the fuck was going on? It She's was, a clone, I guess. And yeah. she has some memories, but not all of them. It was this, re- and it was really convenient spy stuff. Like, it, mm. it could have just been like a blank page that just said, and now spy stuff. And then you turn to the page, like, oh, of course, that happened because spy stuff. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, like, I understand. Like, you know spy how stuff. Uh, Ocean's 12 yes. and it revealed? It's like, oh, you thought we didn't. We thought we did that, but I'm here to let you know that we didn't do that. And we knew that you knew that we weren't doing not that. So yes. then when you thought we asked that we not did this, we actually didn't not do that. Yes. And that's what this, I felt while reading this. Like yeah, it just, totally. It just, yeah. And I also didn't care and I thought it was boring and like weirdly <laughs> illustrated. Like Travel Foreman, this is not his best work at all. And it wasn't like, I didn't think it even made sense especially. And they teased me at the beginning because they had Ursa Major, which is great. The big Russian bear. Mm. That was cool. And then the rest of it, I was like, oh, I don't care. Bring back the bear. This is boring. This yeah. looks wonky. More bears in comics. More bears, please. More bears, more talking gorillas. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> That's the name of the episode. <laughs> more bears, more talking gorillas. That's it. That's it. Great name. That's it. Um, so yeah, tales of suspense. I'm not gonna. I don't even care no. how this ends. I'm out. Me, yeah, same. Matthew Rosenberg has like won me and then lost me real quick, real fast, real fast. I, I think it's just that it's that classic thing of like going to a big publisher yeah. after after like you know having such a strong voice in these mini series and mm-hmm. self-published things and then they're being like cool you've written four comics in your life before now you need to write four comics a month yeah and it's like it is so classic and it happens all the time and people just burn out and it's really sad to see it sucks like one of my favorite writers of last year for sure yeah i'm definitely gonna still like pick up anything he does independently yeah, but it's not like besides this issue like i like i didn't think like, like the, the x-men event he did wasn't like terrible it no. was just completely forgettable and pointless yes. 
like all X-Men events almost. Um, but yeah, this was like just no good. Yeah, no good. Not a good issue. Sorry, um, man. So I'm, I'm going to talk about Avengers stuff, but before I do that, why don't you talk about Spider-Man? Okay, all right. That's I read, a um, great cover. It's fucking what a good cover, right? Is it really? Carnage? Um, yes, that is Carnage. That is Carnage. With, uh, I don't know who did the cover. I guess it's Mike Hawthorne? Mm, Pass no, it I over. Don't. You t- tell me about this issue and I'll tell you if I do the cover. Oh, but I can't remember. I need to look at the issue to remember it. Um, oh, this is a second printing. That <laughs> oh, explains a, a lot. Oh, it's so a reading, variant. I'm it's behind. An old issue. It's Whatever. an old issue. You read it. Yeah. Well, I didn't read it when it first came out because it sold out because this series has been selling out recently because of the current arc in which um, Norman Osborn is also Carnage oh, and then also right. the Green Goblin. <laughs> and it's really silly and really fun. Um, and the art is great. So this is written by Dan Slott and Christos Gage. Um, and it's like uh, Flash Thompson is anti-Venom again and he's going around New York City being a much better Spider-Man than Spider-Man, which is always irritating to Parker. Also, J. Jonah Jameson now knows that um, Peter is Spider-Man and so he randomly calls him to be like, you're doing a bad job! <laughs> 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 which is really good fun and silly. And Peter is now the um, science writer right. for um, the Daily Bugle and so he like is going around to look at all these big new tech things that are happening. Um, and it's just, it's, it's good, silly fun. And maybe he and MJ are gonna, are gonna start doing it again. That's good fun. There's goblins in this. That's good fun. And Norman Osborn is in it, who is probably one of the best bad guys in comics ever. Yeah. Because he's, so he's basically just a poor man's Lex Luthor. Fight me. Mike Hawthorne. Mike Hawthorne. He did what? the variant. Mike Hawthorne was the guy who did the variant. Oh, cool. He, is you, he you, also you, the yeah. guy who did the pencils? Yeah. He's really good. He really suits Spider-Man. He does a great carnage. You need someone who's like quite sort of um, kinetic to to do uh, justice to a character like Carnage. And it's, it's fucking really good. It's a really good series. And I think it's going to be a great send-off um, to Dan Slott when he finally leaves the series. Yeah, what I like to do is get about like 50 issues behind on Spider-Man and yeah. just binge it all. Yeah, it's it's good, nice, Because I mean, you can just tear through this very quickly. And it's, Absolutely. And it's fun and I feel like... As a month to month, it isn't. You kind of can be like disappointed by how little a, a, a story <laughs> progresses, but in one chunk, it's it's a lot of fun. Yeah, it is good fun. I liked it. All right, tell me what's going on in Avengers. So Avengers, great covers. No surrender is uh, the weekly Avengers event happening at the moment, and um, because of late shipping, I only got issue six hundred and eighty four last week, and I picked, when I picked up six eighty five as well, um, and uh, the Hulk is back, and so oh, cool. um, we see the Hulk return, mad as hell. And uh, this whole thing is about this, like, you know... He's not going to take it anymore. The cos- this cosmic battle between the, the Grandmaster and um, and a Challenger. Um, and they're, they're, they're using Earth as a battleground. And they've got, you know, wages on which team will win. Um, and uh, basically, like, yeah, Bruce, uh, Bruce Banner, the Hulk, is, is, is one of the wild cards that's mm-hmm. brought, ba- brought mm-hmm. into the battle um, to kind of turn the, turn the tides of battle. Um, and this issue sees uh, this kind of ragtag group of Avengers that have, you know, half of them have been, are, like, are stuck in, like, this weird frozen stasis form, um, and then, like, heaps of them are being, like, badly injured, or, or like, and they've all been betrayed by this um, <coughs> Valerie Victory, or whatever her name is, uh, who... You couldn't see, but I just rolled my eyes really hard, because I hate that <coughs> stupid retconning, like, a, oh, this character was always there. No, but the, the, they, they've realised, Jarvis is the one that realises that she was never there to begin with. Well, and I hate she's, Jarvis being in it too. She's implanted herself Poor man's in their... Uh, in their <laughs> um, but, yeah, so this is basically like um, all of these Avengers trying to take down the Hulk, um, as one by one they get 
destroyed. Why is the Hulk back? Do they just explain? It? Is it just like he's back because he can't die? Because he can't die. End. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Mm. I mean, that's how it, he comes like every time. But yeah, the, the, the issue number six hundred and eighty-five kind of ran through all the times he has died. Oh wait, oh, no. Cool. Oh wait, no. Six hundred eighty-four does that. Yeah, and it actually, like, then gives you a guide to all the times the Hulk has died in, in Marvel Comics, which I thought was pretty fun. That's pretty funny. Um, as drawn by... Um, I can't remember who did it, but it was pretty fun. Mm. Um, he's died six, eleven times. Wow. Come back every time. Um, but then we saw the, the Red Hulk, who is the um, kind of uh, government-run... Uh, Hulk who has like a timer that allows him to Hulk out for a minute or something like that. I thought you were going to say he um, has a moustache. He also has a moustache. <laughs> um, and uh, the re- regular Hulk does not rip off his moustache, but what he does Aww. is he, he Missed opportunity. rips off the um, technology that gives him the ability to become the Hulk. So he's just like this, this like withering old man oh, no. like in, being held up by the Hulk. Oh, no. Um, so yeah, this, is, this is pretty fun. Um, it looks like the vision oh, is... He smacks vision in the head really hard. Yeah, the vision has been taken out. Oh, um, no. too. I, I don't know how much longer this has got to go, but um, I, 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 this is really, really silly. It, Wonder Man is is back now. Oh, cool. I love Wonder Man as a character. Wonder Man's great. Is he a pacifist, or is that someone else? That's is Drax. No, I thought Wonder Man was a pacifist. I think maybe as well. he is too. Yeah, mm. possibly. But yeah, he's well, he, he 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 comes to battle in the last page is him saying, "I'd really like to talk ah, to Hulk." So that sounds great. that's classic pacifist behavior. Classic. Um, also, Vo- uh, Voyager was her name. Vo- right. Valerie Voyager. Her costume was actually designed by Mike Allred. Well, yeah. she looks very already. Yeah, definitely. Kind of 60s vibe. So, yeah, like this is like insanely silly, stupid. Yeah. You don't need to read this, but if you are reading it, it's a lot of fun. You know, I'm more excited um, that now they're bringing back the Hulk. Do you, know, do you remember who's the creative team on the new Hulk book? Do you like that I just ask you these questions as if you're supposed to know everything? Um, I can look it up. I don't um, have a computer. But, like, they're bringing it back as just a straight horror comic, which I think is a cool idea. Well, that's and, definitely like, in, in line with what the Hulk is like here. There's no connection to Bruce Banner in this at all. It's just like, cool. it's just his raging monster. Yeah, I'm into it. Um, uh, I'm I'm looking forward to that. Tentatively looking forward to that. I think it um, could be interesting. Al Ewing, who is actually one of the writers uh, okay. of, of Avengers No Surrender. And, um, and Joe, I forget Joe what his Bennett. DJ name is when I go to make fun of him. It's like DJ Christ. Yeah, something like that, right? Yeah. Um, do you know that he's blocked me on Twitter? No way. How come? Um, and blocked serious issues on Twitter. Why? I think maybe because we made fun of his DJ name. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I like his comics a yeah, lot. Yeah, I like his comics, man. Sorry. God. Pretty weird. Yeah, it is weird. <laughs> um, or it's because I used to always tag him in photos of his own comics. Oh, uh, maybe. Serious issues. I don't know. But maybe I, he was like, I got tired of that. We were complimenting his comics. Yeah, fucking. No, I like I'm to think that he heard us. Shit. I like to think that he heard us bagging out his DJ name and got very sensitive about it. Maybe. Um, Batman, issue number 43 by Tom King with Mikhail Janin on arts. Um, I feel like I shouldn't even really talk about this. No, I want you I'm to. I'm such a negative Nancy about Tom King these days. And it's, maybe that's just me being dull. Um, this was a really like odd issue. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I appreciate it. I don't like mm. it. Yeah, so basically, like Poison Ivy has taken over the world mm. um, for reasons I'm not entirely sure. But because they... she killed some people and was like, oh, that made me sad. So now I'm going to take over everyone so that I can fix the world. This is not how fucking Ivy would. But I think. That's a, that's a bad argument. I, I let. So, I, even though it totally doesn't, I like just letting this series exist in its own bubble yeah. and just being like Tom King kind of doing these different takes. We, like, we generally do like it when. Characters, Absolutely. sorry, writers take do, do know, different thing. takes on on, yeah. on characters, and I think if I think you're right, this totally does not line up with yeah. with uh, with Poison Ivy. And there's also like there's character, just really. choices that I don't like. Like I don't like I don't like Batman calling her Pam. No yeah. one's ever called her Pam. That was weird. She's not Pam. 
I think even Harley calls her pansy. I know. And also, just fucking make them gay already. Let yeah. them kiss. Just do it. I'm Maybe. sick of all this, like, pussyfooting around, like, oh, are they lesbians? Are they not lesbians? They're lesbians. Let them be lesbians. Well, I think uh, I, I, I do like that, that at least DC is okay with just going, like, oh, the characters are bisexual. Whereas yes. Marvel are like, they're either straight or they're gay. That's it. Those yeah. are the two choices. But let them be in a relationship. Yeah, that's true. Sake. Yeah. I mean, isn't it just kind of hinted at that they have been in the past? Yeah. Yes, but like, I don't know. Yeah. I find it annoying. Um, I thought, yeah, I, even though I wasn't entirely across what he was doing with, with Poison Ivy, I actually liked his use of Harley Quinn in this character. It was, Same. It was, in this, sorry, in this, in this issue, it was good seeing Harley Quinn not reduced to a bunch of dumb punchlines as she like, you know, cut someone with a, or hit someone with a hammer. Yeah, it was, totally. It was, it was fun seeing this character. Of, of all characters in this issue, you would, you would, it's funny to see that Harley Quinn was the one that was taken the most seriously. Mm. Yeah, um, totally. I just like it's really gorgeously illustrated. I really like Mikhail Janin. I think he draws a great Ivy. He draws a great um, Harley Quinn too. He draws a great Harley Quinn. That's the yeah. most I've liked her like contemporary look. I think ever. Me too. Um, I just I don't know if I'm just looking for things to be annoyed at, but I don't. I just don't. I don't like the way Tom King writes female characters. I, I, I'm yet to enjoy a female character that he's written, and maybe that's wrong. Maybe I need to go back and reread things like um. Omega Man and stuff like that because I really oh, liked yeah, that. Definitely. That was incredible. Yeah, yeah. And also, um, uh, the the two main female characters in Sheriff of Babylon, particularly the main one, yeah, is, yeah, is yeah, very well written. But there's just something about this that I just, I just don't like. Mm. I just don't like it. I liked I his take on Lois. I don't like his Lois. I don't like his Lois at all. Okay. I don't like his Catwoman. I don't like his Lois. I, yeah, I don't like his Catwoman, but I liked it. I, I liked his Catwoman before they got engaged. Yeah. Those issues where it's the two of them on the rooftops, I like that a lot. I'm also fucking tired of the like three conversations and narration happening at once in every issue. Just tell one story and like allow it to breathe and Bendis is coming. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. I want to see the Tom King take on the Bendis is coming out. <laughs> Bendis has come and he's sad about it. He came on a on an orphaned child. No. Oh, oh God. Sorry. Now he's the monster. He's not a monster. It's bad. <laughs> so that's Batman issue 43. I think the next issue is the road to the wedding. Yeah. So this is a weird arc. Woo! A weird arc to kind of happen just before the wedding. Yeah. I'm excited to see the, um, like the Bucks Night. <laughs> uh, we have a, we have a, uh, a Facebook group with uh, over two thousand members. Nice. Um, and uh, at the moment, one of the big uh, points of discussion is who do you think Batman's best man is going to be? Mm. Everyone it's wants Superman. Dick, right? it's I'm like, I don't want to. I'm with you. I think it has, I think it should be Dick, it should be Dick Grayson. Yeah. Surely. Yeah, and I want Alfred to walk someone down the aisle. Yeah. Like it probably be a Catwoman, but I would love it to be Bruce. So much. <laughs> Bruce. <laughs> like Catwoman's waiting at the aisle, <laughs> and yeah. <laughs> That seems nice. A lot of people wanted Commissioner Gordon as best man. What? I, I mean, I, I kind no. of get, yeah. He can, they do it in costume. Like what you what, it was what if he costume. walked someone down the aisle? Mm, who? Bruce. <laughs> <laughs> just. Am, I just being, am I just being a terrible hater about this series? Is it actually like visionary and amazing and I just I don't think I'm so stuck in the past? It's definitely not visionary and amazing. I think it's definitely different. Um, mm. and, uh, and I think the art choices are always phenomenal. Um, yeah. But I think... I think it's it's a tough one to digest um, as a twice monthly book. Yeah. Um, I think if this came, if if we were reading this as one hit, 
Yeah. Um, like this arc is one hit. I think we, you would be more forgiving towards Maybe. it because I think you forget some of the nuance of the of the previous. Or I do anyway. Yeah. The previous issue. I, yeah. Like I, I. This is not the, the. But I feel like we've been so hot and cold in this series. I never. Mm. I never hate it. Mm. But there are moments where I will finish an issue and I'll be like, oh, I don't know if I loved that. Yeah. But then. He wins me over pretty quickly after that. Yeah, but I feel like you're in a you're you're. I'm hit, stuck in a rut. Hitting hitting a point where you have not been won over by anything he's done in a while. No, and you know this is such a weird choice for Poison Ivy in that, like, it has nothing. Like her her mission in this has nothing to do with Poison Ivy's main thing, which Saving is that she's plants. like an environmentalist, and in this she's just like, it's gotten it has nothing to do with it. She's just like I'm controlling everyone to save the world, but I don't like. She never goes into any detail about how that's going to save the world or what yeah. that has to do with anything. And she does eat a fly, She does eat a fly. It's cool when she gets a fly. Yeah. Is it? <laughs> is that cool? That's what I want all my super heroine or mm. super villains to do. But see, she is like, she is kind of a hero. Like, that's the thing. Like, <coughs> fucking Ivy's not a villain. Well, She's just... that's the point of this issue. You're, you're, the, yeah. This entire issue is, it, it, it exists so it, Batman can say, but you're not a villain. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't like the way he says it. <laughs> it shouldn't be he that says it. She should figure it out about herself on her own time. Yes. Justice League issue 41, written by Christopher Priest, with art by... Um, Philip Briones, and colours by Jeremy Cox. Thank you so much. Uh, this uh, this is like this is another book that c- it can be quite confusing issue to issue, because I'm like, wait, what are they doing again? Yeah. Uh, but it's always fun enough for me just so to keep following. I love I that... I love Christopher Priest. They're in... Most of the Justice League are in Africa, mm-hmm. and in this one, is uh, they come face-to-face with the Red Lion. Yeah. Who is uh, just straight up the Black Panther. But, like, nuts. Yeah. Um, like, he's, he's, you know, represents a, an African nation and pretty much dresses like, what if the Black Panther's suit was red? He doesn't look like a lion at all. <laughs> no, no. But he does have, like, a big furry kind of mane thing. Yeah. That's just cool as hell. Um, this series is just so fun. I feel like Christopher Priest is having so much fun with it. But it's, you know, it's quite disliked. Really? Yeah. By which who? is so by, by like the greater internet. God, who are, who are always wrong. I just wrong. don't care about yeah. other people's opinions ever. I'm like, it's great. It's cool. It's yeah. so fun. Um, and it's such a bummer that we're going to go from this to Snyder. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, this is like, you know, it's, it's all about the, I love Cyborg's the, new hair. the Justice League being dismantled by an obsessed fan. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think like them being in Africa and stuff like that is like, it kind of loses the main point of the plot. It adds a little bit more... Uh, convolutedness that I would have liked because the story was the last issue I think was the best issue of the run so far Um, but it's still it's still really really fun and And Priest has so much fun with that character because I'm pretty sure he created the Red Lion right in Deathstroke I think that's where he originally. Oh right, I, I thought this is this is the first appearance of this character. No no no, he's in the Deathstroke series um, and he's just such a. He's he's really silly, but like he's great and stuff. Like Christopher Priest is putting like hilarious stuff into a mainstream Justice League series. Yeah, Priest is a, is a very funny writer. That's yeah, for sure. and he manages to sneak in crazy political messages in a really hilarious, cool, fun way. Yeah, definitely. Such a sneaky man. I love it. So the next um, issue is called "A Strange Place of Dying." Welcome to Pottery Barn. <laughs> <laughs> He's so good. He's really, really good. God damn. He's um, so funny. So the next You're thing- wrong if you don't like this book. This is the most fun Justice League has been in so long. And the next book that Priest is doing after this is Deathstroke versus Batman, which yes, it'll be please. fun seeing him kind of do more with the greater Batman universe. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, apparently, quite recently, he was asked to be the Batman editor. But really? I, I, yeah, he which because he has his, his, his history is, is before being a writer or kind of concurrently to being a writer was as, as an editor over at Marvel. They but, just yeah. have to bring in a more diverse 
editorial team at DC. It's the big, it's the, I think it's the big thing that Marvel have over DC is that they actually have women in editorial and DC. Like, I think that's the reason that that Superman issue has one woman working on it, mm. which is some insane bullshit. And I think a lot of like, you know, almost pound for pound, like the, the I mean, and, and much, much is said about like, you know, Marvel losing artists to DC a lot, but mm. I feel like it just, in, in, as far as like art, like, Different comic book artists yeah. that don't look like you're on the mill superhero book. Marvel has a lot more of those, and also allowing um, one art team to work on a whole, you know, arc or a whole twelve issues of a book. Mm. I think Marvel has that over. No, DC. I don't think. I think both 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 publishers are definitely bad when it comes to that. Yeah. Oh, because yeah, we're I think thinking of like, like Anchor and Dorderman and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. yeah sure. And like. Leonardo Romero and okay, that's true. All right, um, Chris Samney. Stuff well, like yeah, that. but I mean, the, the DC committing to the the, the two, two books a month, the, mm. the, the fortnightly books. I think makes that, that makes it impossible for artists to do. Anyway, anyway, neither are perfect. Read Justice League. It's good. Um, I have to just tap the fuck out of Superman. Have you already done that? Uh, you know what? I did read this issue, and I was like, why did I do that? There's a bit in this that made me. This is another thing. Like, you need a fucking... You need to have a woman on the Superman editorial team because this is the shittest version of Lois Lane in so long. And one of the girls from Queens of Kings has been reading every single action comics from number one recently. Oh, wow. And she found this hilarious issue. She was like, an issue seven. Um, Lois, her editor, is like, you have to go on a date with Clark because he's so sad. So Lois is like, fine. But she really wants to chase this story. So halfway through dinner, she drugs him. And Superman's like, ah, I guess she drugged me. Well, I better pretend to go to sleep. (laughs) And she's like, hmm, now he's drugged. I'm going to go chase the story. Yeah. And I'm like, that's that's the fucking Lois Lane that I want to read. Why does she not have her own comic? Why is she drugging more people? (laughs) Why isn't she drugging more people? And there's a bit in this where Superman goes, if you ask me, mums deserve awards too. Fuck you. Fuck you, buddy. (laughs) As a mother, fuck you. Just like... Oh, so irritating. Yeah. So irritating. I think that annoys me because I love, um, is it Patrick Gleason on yeah. art? Yes. But he's not, he, he didn't do, do art on this issue, I don't think. It was... Bits and pieces really look like him though, right? Oh, no, it was him. Sorry. Yeah. Pencils and Inks by Patrick Gleason with Joe Prado. And I hate um, Bizarro. hate Bizarro talk. It's very annoying well, I just find like, especially this, like, the whole issue. I, I really like Bizarro in um, All-Star Superman. Mm. And they do, and they 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 do Bizarro Bizarro, which is Zabaro. Mm. I, I thought that was like so silly and fun, but this is just like this, just unreadable. Yeah, like this the really the, the opposite day talk is so fucking annoying. I know, especially because it doesn't seem consistent. No, I, I think that's like kind of key to writing Bizarro. It's yeah. just not doesn't really have any rules. But yeah, I, I I don't know who this weird girl who's following Superboy is with, with like the weird spider head. Yeah, I, who the fuck is that? I don't remember wasn't that. that uh, yeah, I really, I really struggled to forget that. We've watched this. I mean, we've read this whole series. Yeah, um, mm, I don't know. Yeah, I just, I just, I'm, I'm out. It's such a bummer that Gleason's back after being a co-writer. It's back on art for this arc because this arc sucks. Yeah. Um, unless you're a big Bizarro stan, but which only Jim is, and yeah. Jim is wrong. Hashtag Jim is wrong. That's a good hashtag. That is a good hashtag. So Peter Tomasi also writes Super Sons, and issue 14 of that came out this week um, with art uh, by... Carlo Barberi. Barberi, and uh, inks by Art Thibbert, and colors by Dono San and Proto Bunker. Um, and this was way more my speed. Way more fun. Uh, this is basically um, uh, in Gotham, and uh, Talia al Ghul is going to assassinate Lois Lane. Mm-hmm. Um, what did you think of this Lois Lane in this issue? Oh, this is pretty good. Yeah, she's fine. She just like gets a coffee and I think tries she, I th- to get a whistleblower. And I think she deserves good. an award. Yeah, I think. As a mum. I think all mums. All mums deserve an award. 
Um, but it's up to uh, to Robin and Superboy to stop her from 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 taking out the uh, the hit. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's a great exploration of like you know that, that kind of weird mother son relationship that Talia Al Ghul have mm-hmm. and, and and Robin have, and then the you know quite normal sweet mm. relationship that um, Lois and, and John have, mm-hmm. and the juxtaposition of those two things. That's what I want out of these series. And uh, it's a shame that this kind of wasn't what the series was like in those first few issues. Yeah. Because I feel like they would have really solidified a fan base if it was much more like these, you know, familiar characters at first and these almost... Like, I know an assassination on Lois Lane is hardly like low-stakes crime, but it was, you know, it's not like totally. them travelling dimensions and fighting robots and yeah. that kind of shit, which is it's what the first achievable. few issues were. Um, so this is, I, I really enjoyed this. God, do you see what Tony Daniel is doing the next arc on Batman? Boo. Oh, no. Is it... Is that is that a um the, just the next issue of Batman or is that is that a, that looks like a mini series? I bet it's like a two parter or something. It's called The Travelers. The Joker runs Gotham. Where is Batman? Starting in issue forty five. Okay, mm. yeah, sure. That's your favorite. I don't want Tony S. Daniel on Batman. Mm. <laughs> Might be alright. I'm sure we'll be fine. Yeah, I'm sure I, we'll I didn't. Great. I didn't want what we didn't <laughs> want. What's his name on uh, the David Finch on Batman? Yeah. I actually quite liked his um, art. That's been great. Yeah. Um, so that was Super Sons issue number 14 uh, which we know is ending quite soon mm-hmm. I think it was announced what those characters are going to be in next and whatever who cares it's, it, we'll, we'll still read it's like some iteration of the Titans uh, Injustice 2 is uh, is a series that I look forward to every every fortnight now I don't know I should really read it uh, written by Tom Taylor who you can see at uh, King's Comics free comic book day in May May 5th um, Tom it's Taylor writes this great. with uh, pencils by Bruno Redondo Mike S. Miller um, and inks by Juan Albaran and Mike S. Miller. Um, and colors by Rex Locus and Jay Nun- Nunjian. Nice. Um, <gasps> Gorilla Rebellion! Sorry, yeah, that's what the arc's called. So this Good. is like, it's yeah, it, it, it ties into the video game, but it's so much more than that. I think this kind of like, basically like, it's almost perfect kind of fodder. It's like, hey, we need a reason for all of the superheroes to fight each other. Yeah. Go, Tom Taylor, go. Yeah. And so Injustice 2 is all about Rachel Ghoul trying to put together a team to destroy a good fraction of the Earth. Cool. So that um, all these great species... And you know may, may reign once again, so that you have cool. like Animal Man I is on his side idea. and Poison Ivy's on his side yes. because if you kill the humans, then the things that they love will grow again. So all the gorillas are on Rachel Ghoul's side, but then there's a big uprising where Grodd leads a rebellion against Rachel Ghoul, and it's up to um, them to kind of get um, Salivar, yep. Sol- Salivar, ba- um, to like stop it. It's God, just I'm so on. I don't understand why I'm not reading this. It's so I've great. just got to start picking it up because that. Look, there's a Mazo in his stripy pants. Well, so yeah, Dr. Ivo, Rachel Ghoul, and Solovar have made a Mazo. Cool. And this Mazo can, like, destroy an entire city in cool. a matter of seconds. And um, so this sees... Uh, um, Bendis is coming. That they're, yeah, this sees Bendis coming. Um, <laughs> and, and then Wonder Woman is training Supergirl, who Great. Batman doesn't know exists. Great. Uh, on Kandak with, Great. with uh, Black Adam. Great. And so this sees, um, as he lays waste to Delhi... Um, Great. He sees um, Amazo confronted no, by, by Wonder Woman, Supergirl, and Black Adam. It's so great. It just so many corners of the of the DC universe that I wish I was reading books from. And totally. Just, yeah, I love this shit. Nate's reading um, 52 at the moment. Oh, God. The funnest yeah. shit. He suddenly, like, decided to read DC comics that I think are good, which is really fun for me. Um, and he's like, fuck, I think I, I, think I might like DC now. Like, ah. <laughs> but he'll learn quickly that that was the best era that yeah, it was. Yeah, and yeah. They're, and they're, just don't read anything past that. Yeah. No, there's some good <laughs> there's shit. There's some good stuff. But. but, man, I just, like, 
hearing him be like, who's, tell me about Elongated Man and stuff like that. I'm yes. like, oh, I miss the, the Dibneys. Bring the Dibneys back. Bring the Dibneys back, please. That would be like, that would be a big, big statement if they, if DC did like it, they treated the Dibneys as like a big, cool, like yeah. why the fuck aren't they on the Terrifics? Yeah. Bring back as ghost detectives again. That was cool. That was really great. Um, so yeah, um, before we talk about a Vertigo book, you read yep. one more DC book? I read The Brave and the Bold, issue two, um, written and illustrated by Liam Sharp with colors by Rom- Romulo Fiado Jr. Um, and this is the sort of uh, Irish folk tales. Exactly. And this has my favorite Irish folklore history. love. It's got Bono in it. No, um, <laughs> it's got Finn McCool, but they didn't spell his name correctly. They spelt it like M C C O L because it's a hilariously um, difficult name to pronounce if you don't know that it's pronounced McCool. Um, this is good fun, though. I like it. It's like Batman gets trapped in the sort of fairy realm and he's like, I have to get out. And so oh, Alfred- I thought you were doing an Irish accent. No. <laughs> Hi, I, Alfred. I, I have to get out of the fairy realm. Can't. <laughs> But I I really enjoy this. It's like, it's silly, um, but it's just an area of folklore that we don't necessarily see in the DC universe that much. And, you know, it's this guy's in the Irish quarter. Um, and they reference, like, Alfred's like, mm, do you think it was, like, as Carl Jung's experience of the collective unconscious and stuff like that? So it's pretty silly, but I like it. Yeah. It's unfortunately not my kind of silly. Yeah. It's it looks a very great, sp- though. Like, Liam Sharp is extremely good at this and he's got all like the Celtic knots all over and he draws a cool werewolf for like no fucking reason halfway through and it's awesome. Um, and the colours are so great. It's really like vibrant and luminous and now we get to see Bruce going into the like uh, Tiananog um, with Wonder Woman to basically just solve a murder. It's like pretty straightforward. It's pretty cool. Okay. I like it. All right, sweet. I like it, everyone. Good. Good. Deathbed, issue number two, is a Vertigo book um, written by Joshua Williamson with art by Riley Rossmo, colors by Ivan Pacencia. Um, it's about a writer who uh, is quite timid and shy, mm-hmm. uh, being teamed up uh, with a uh, like a, a crazy adventurer, crazy adventurer who is uh, like you know close to his deathbed mm-hmm. um, and uh, is terrified of him dying without the world knowing what an amazing adventurer he is. Uh-huh. Um, and so it's a race to find people from his past that can basically like you know tell stories about what an amazing adventure he is before they're killed yes this issue was just fucking great so fun like so ludicrous as they crash the funeral of a woman that he one time had sex with in a desert and everyone's like that's not what she's remembered as she was like an amazing woman in her own right and he's like ah yes but she will be remembered as a chapter in my story yeah and so good it's just it's so great it's like you know he's he he's so Passionate about everyone knowing what an incredible life he's had, but mm. also learning that even though he wasn't with all these people his, their entire lives, they lived exceptional lives without him. And just because, mm. you know, they had a chapter together mm. doesn't mean that they sh- they need to factor in, you know, looking looking back at, yeah, I don't know, it, it, it's, it's, it's a kind of complex story. Absolutely, um, and, but it's uh, great. And it's super fun. And uh, the art by Riley Rossmo is is just brilliant. This is the kind of book that I want him on. Absolutely. Yeah. And as always, a lot of dicks. Yes, so many dicks. Good dong watch. Good dong watch. Um, episode. I don't even I need to say anyone. Yeah, you I know. I was watch. trying really hard to find something. Whoa, 
fuck. <laughs> what happened? An alligator clip like shot off a King's Comics mug <laughs> over onto Jim's desk. Sorry, Jim. Anyway. Dong watch. Dong watch. Ding watch. I fucked it up. <laughs> it was great. Also, vagina watch. Oh, good. I'm yeah. glad you said it because I was going to say bush watch. <laughs> nice. Yeah, bush watch. Lovely. <laughs> um, so those are our DC image and Marvel reviews. And now we have a handful of comics left um, that are in the other section. Yeah. I want to start it off with uh, the last time I can make fun of Siobhan for tapping out of this I know, great comic. I'm an idiot. Uh, this is the 24th and, and final issue of uh, Depth or Department H, which is... Well, so this is actually like a comic that, that started like pretty shortly after we started our yeah. podcast because we're about two years old mm-hmm. and so is this uh, series. Um, written and written by Matt Kint with art by Matt Kint and colors, um, watercolor colors by, um, by Charlene Kint. I believe they're referred to as watercolors, <laughs> not watercolor colors. <laughs> Um, and this was a murder mystery. In fact, someone tweeted out his art recently saying, what are some good mystery comics you can mm. recommend us? And I would absolutely recommend Depth. Um, it's got out through Dark Horse and it's about like basically the equivalent of like Steve Zissou um, uh-huh. from the uh, Wes Anderson movie, um, The Life Aquatic. Or Jacques um, Cousteau. Or Jacques Cousteau, clearly like um, someone who's dedicated their entire life to uh, you know exploring the deep and all mm-hmm. the secrets that she has to offer, mm-hmm. um, but but at the same time, like the facility and the organization that they run is also wanting to move into space and explore space. But this person, who is the father of the main character, is so stubborn and and in love with the ocean. And so the first issue, uh, he has been murdered while on site. Um, mm-hmm. under the ocean and it's up to his daughter who is actually a criminal investigator mm-hmm. to go down into the depths and uh, interview his team most of whom he, she has a long history with mm-hmm. doesn't um, seem like a conflict of interest at all yeah and 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 get to the bottom of who murdered her, her her father and the whole thing is also like you know about the technology that they were working on mm-hmm. these diseases that that broke out in the world because of their research and and the access to cures in medicine and what what it is to be a good person versus being like a prolific person mm. and uh, like there's a cool. lot going on here and I feel like even though this wasn't the super satisfying like we do find out who done it mm-hmm. but it's not in a way that's um, you know that's not the main point of why the story exists and this is actually quite a beautiful ending to this uh, incredible murder mystery comic cool such a um, great cover as well yeah brilliant cover and like this is like one of i, I love getting every single issue of this because the the, the paper stock was yeah. so beautiful in, in the um in each issue and it had this rising water level that started on like the bottom notch um of the page and then at each issue it got higher and higher and so in this so one clever. we have like the side of the book is just is, is just filled with water because mm-hmm. they're submerged mm. um yeah, this was just a, an excellent series that um, I would recommend to anyone kind of, you know, wanting to try out something different. Certainly the best. Uh, well, actually, no, Matt Kint's doing so many good books at the moment. He's great. Grass Kings, Ether's coming back soon. Great. Um, yeah, but this was uh, this is uh, one of my favorite books in the last couple of years. How many issues was it? 24 yeah. all 24. up. Great. So, yeah, please. Uh, I think there was, a, there was a Comixology sale on over the weekend. Uh, maybe it's the one when you hear this now, but go check that out. If not, mm. the trades are pretty cheap. Mm. And they're, again, printed on beautiful stock paper. Um, this is definitely one that belongs in your shelf. Cool. Uh, Depth, a.k.a. Department H. Check it out. Um, also through Dark Horse this week, I read uh, the third issue of Vinegar Teeth, which is a book by um, very uh, bizarre cartoonist Troy Nixie mm-hmm. uh, with Damon Gentry and Michelle Madsen. Um, this is about an 
alien blob who comes to Earth and teams up with a cop to take down gangsters. Nice. Um, it, In like Victorian era. Yeah, and this issue ended and I was like, what the fuck happened? <laughs> um, and then it's not even Victoria and it looks like Victoria era, era but there it's like it's like the 20s. Yeah, because they've all got, 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 got guns and cars. Weird. Um it's this. I don't really know what happened in this issue, but there's only one issue left, so I'm definitely going to read it too. So I have even less idea what's going on. Um, I really enjoy this series. It looks crazy. Um, yeah, I find it. I, I find it too weird. I was just like, oh, I just don't. I don't have the energy for it this week. I get it. Yeah, I totally get. It. You have to be in the right mood to read yeah. this. Um, and uh, even then, it's like it's a very strange one. <laughs> eats that away at your mood. So mm. yeah, those are the dark horse reviews for the week. Nice. Um, this week, Dynamite put out the latest issue of James Bond 007, The Body, written by Alice Scott, um, with art by... Rafa Labosco. Colors by Valentina Pinto. Um, I've, I loved the first two issues of this series. Mm-hmm. Issue three felt like a fucking kick to the face. I hated this issue so oh, much. Oh, really? This is um, James Bond uh, infiltrating a group of Nazis, um, Nazi kind of like uh, weapon arms designers, dealers. arms dealers. Yeah. Um, and... Uh, it's just like Alice Scott is very, very on the nose with his political yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. stance. And it's a political sense that I agree with. Yeah, Nazis yeah, yeah. suck. They're no good. They're no good. I don't need James Bond going on like a Punisher-esque mission to, to kill all Nazis to know that Nazis suck. Yeah. And uh, it just, I don't think that this, this didn't, like James Bond wouldn't do this. He would be stealth and these characters all end up die- dead. Yeah, but I sort of have felt like that about, like, I don't really, this is an Alice Cott book rather than a James Bond book, okay, sure. I feel like. I don't think James Bond is really known for waterboarding dudes either, which is what he did in the last issue. So Alice Cott is definitely pushing pushing an agenda, which is fine. Like, uh, it's cool to use a mainstream comic book to say something that you believe in. And I think this is probably the most um, confronting and, like, I really like the art in this issue. Oh, that was, it yeah. Looks incredible. Very reminiscent sort of, of Eduardo Riso. Um, yeah, very, very Riso-esque. Yeah. Um, but? Yeah, like, it's pretty on the nose. Like, you know, there's there's long, long Rants. bits of exposition yep. where you're like, yeah, we agree that Nazis are bad. They're not good people. Good job, Alice Cott. You're the best of us all. Yeah. I, I didn't like this issue at all. I thought, this is, I, I, I thought the, the first two issues were really clever, and now I feel like an idiot for thinking they were clever. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I mean, there is cleverness to it. I think the art saves it for me. I still kind of like it. And look, there's something very satisfying about, you know. Seeing a bunch of Nazis that don't actually exist in real life be shot by another character who doesn't exist. Absolutely. (laughs) Punks, issue number two. Punks Punks Not not Dead, dead. actually, is what it's called. Through IDW, their Black Crown imprint. Um, The second issue came out. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, It's written by uh, David Barnett Mm -hmm. uh, with um, art by... Martin Simmons and, um, yep, Flats by Deaconiff, whatever that means. Yep. <laughs> um, and uh, this um, is about a, a, a boy in high school uh, in present day in, the, in, uh, in, in London um, who is haunted by the ghost of Sid, uh, who is not Sid Vicious, rather just a punk that is very, very similar to Sid Vicious. Yes, and is, but isn't for, I assume, legal reasons. That's right. <laughs> uh, and since the 60s, he has been trapped in an airport. Heathrow. Heathrow, um, and uh, now he is tethered to uh, our main character. Fergus. And uh, he's trying to, like, just, you know, help this character who gets put, picked on and bullied at school mm-hmm. not be picked on and bullied at school, but also wants to try and help himself and, you know, maybe 
Escape to Heaven or whatever. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then we also have a other storyline going on where there's like these sort of um, government, yeah, government <laughs> Ghostbusters run by like this filthy old woman. Which is great. fucking great. So <laughs> fun. I want a whole book about that. That's excellent. But I like this. I love it. Art's this. really weird yeah. and different and the story's really weird and different and it's about puberty, which I love. This is the love best about puberty. This is the best Hellblazer book. Yeah. And it doesn't absolutely. have Hellblazer or anything to do with Constantine in the in, in, in the book. But ha- it's very Wayne, have you read this? Punk's not get not dead? Not yet. You, you would like it. Have you how, how much how much of the Vertigo Hellblazer series have you read? Wayne from King's Comics is eating a, a meal of mints and rice, <laughs> which is about as Constantine as you can get. <laughs> um, but you re- you keep up with all the Constantine you stuff. You love Constantine, even though it's mostly mostly horrible. You should read Punk's Not Dead. It's a it's a it's an like unapologetically it. British, um, you know, two two fingers up at the camera kind of book that that has like these kind of like, you know. Political references, but by way of just saying politics is shit. <laughs> yeah, and also lots of like fun little British cultural references, like the old lady who we assume was like a bit of a goer back in the day in the sixties. Mm. Like in her car, there's a you know note that says "Call me Mick," which you assume is yep. from Mick Jagger and stuff like that. It's really silly and fun, and and it's got like ghosts it. in it. It's like, got ghosts, like Hellblazer sometimes did. I like this a lot. It was real good. Punk's yeah. not dead. Pick it up if you are in, if you would like a fun supernatural book. In it your, is the in your second collection. best Black Crown book, and I really feel like that's saying something. Yeah, Assassinese is is, is excellent, one. definitely. Uh, Quantum and Woody through Vertigo this week came out, mm-hmm. um, and uh, did, I say, did I say Vertigo? Valiant came out through Valiant. Yeah, that's better. Um, uh, written by Daniel Kibblesmith with art by Kano and colors by Dave Sharp. Really like um, the art. This is my favorite Kano art. Yes, definitely. Um, this is Quantum and Woody, the uh, two uh, uh, adopted brothers who have to clang their um, bands on their arms together or mm-hmm. else they'll die. But it's also how they get their powers at the mm-hmm. end of each day. Um, this is them sent to Australia to track down uh, Woody's estranged father mm-hmm. um, and be a part of something even bigger than that, mm-hmm. um, like a, a way of giving the world free power. Um, I loved that when they arrive in Australia, they get off the plane and someone is holding up a sign for Qantas and Wally. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> and he's in like a crocodile Dundee hat. Yeah. And, uh, and he says, no walkers. Great. Yeah. Very, very good Australian research. Yeah, absolutely. Kills that is something yeah, that it I even say looks sometimes. Like Qantas Airport. Yep. Like the little Qantas signs Airport, a place that doesn't no, exist. No, fuck, you know what I meant. <laughs> <laughs> Am I Australian? <laughs> And then the like evil hideout is in the Sydney Opera House. Opera House. And, and then I love like, what about all the people that want to see opera? And then they're like, well, it's funny. That's never come up. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the only person I know, like of, of in my 20, sorry, wait, 32 yeah. years of living in Sydney, the only person I know that's went to opera is our mutual friend, Ray Jones. No way. Yeah. <laughs> he wow, used to always take girls to the opera. <laughs> That's Fucking so, so classic. Fuck, that's funny. I go to the opera. Do you? Yeah. Because With the Ray? only thing... No, no. Although, no, actually, we did go to the opera one oh, time. that's so good. We went and saw Aida on the um, harbour. It was cool as hell. Um, Ray is a, a guy who one year ago um, exactly forced yeah. me to start exercising. Yeah. Because he was like, you're getting fat, Levis. Yeah, he was so mean. He was like, your wife's too hot for you. Yeah. <laughs> you got to do something about it. Yeah, the shit worked. Um, and then, like, um, two months active. after that, his visa got, like, expired and he... He was deported. Yeah. He wasn't deported, but he had to go home. He's not allowed back in Australia now. Yeah. I recently um, messaged him updates of my baby because he was like, send me updates of your baby. Um, <laughs> and he was like, I don't remember how it happened, but he was like, you got to start beating Nate. I was like, I'm not going to. Beating Nate? Yeah. Okay. Why? 
I can't really remember why. For, for, for his reasons, not for, yeah, not for, for, his not reasons. for parenting yes, reasons. Exactly. Ray Jones. Ray Jones. Um, we will never listen to his podcast, thank no, goodness. No, never. Um, but my dad makes me go to the opera with him all the time. It's good fun. Okay, fun. You should have sent him with Ray. Um, they would not get on. <laughs> um, but Quantum and Woody, great book. Really, really yeah, fun. Pretty and, good fun. Um, I think there's only one issue of this left. I think it might be a oh, mini really? series. Oh, At least well, one issue good. of this arc. Um, but it's been, it's been really fun. It hasn't overstayed mm. its welcome. Absolutely. It. As, as comedy books are often prone to doing. Yes. Uh, the Spider King is the final book that we're going to be talking about. Um, IDW is re-releasing uh, this uh, Australian book, mm-hmm. uh, issue by issue, uh, but beautifully coloured. Uh, mm-hmm. It's written by... Josh Van. Illustrated by... Simone Diamini, who is not Australian. Uh, and coloured by Adrian Block. Lettered um, by Nick J. Shaw. Of course. Previous say. King's Comics employee. <laughs> um, and this is uh, a really fun uh, melting together of uh, sci-fi and fantasy. Mm-hmm. Um, in which not even uh, fantasy, like Vikings. Vikings. That's fantasy. Vikings <laughs> never existed. <laughs> Come at me, Icelandic people. <laughs> <laughs> Come at me, history. <laughs> <laughs> um. And uh, yeah, so they um, the, the basically like yeah, a bunch of aliens uh, crash Very, land. Very like Kirby-esque aliens. Yes, definitely. Um, crash land on Earth with all these crazy technology um, in between a war between uh, warring sects of Vikings mm-hmm. um, who were both trying who were trying to like you know gain the throne. Yeah. Um, and they are now all have access to like not only like the technology but also like some of them are inhabited by the aliens mm-hmm. themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really fun. Yeah, it's really it, good and silly. The cartooning is excellent and um, and and really really gory in parts mm-hmm. but good gory fun Absolutely. fun pop art gore yeah um and there's one sequence where um a recently killed member of this group um has kind of like combined forms with the, an alien mm-hmm. and he hit all of the scenes in which they're talking conversing in this like you know the death plane or whatever it's like is it a cubist like cubist yeah. art it's really really cool also dong watch cubist dong cubist cubist dong watch that's my favorite dong. Cubist I've dong. seen in a long time. A weird little triangle with a weird little red square next to it. That's what I That's like. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, the Spider King. It's really, really great. Yeah. I have the full trade of this on my bookshelf, but huh. I'm, I'm waiting for it to come out month to month in single issues because <laughs> who has time to read trades? Not us. Not Everyone else. Just yeah, not us. Not us. So that's it for this week. Uh, all the comics uh, that came out last week reviewed for you with many jokes. Nice. That's what we do on this podcast, in case you weren't lucky. listening to the last hour and a half. That's what we did. Yeah. Um, and and yes, you- they were jokes. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to come and uh, discuss our jokes with us, facebook.com slash groups slash Serious Issues Podcast is the best place to find us. Or mm-hmm. you can like our page, facebook.com slash Serious Issues Podcast. We are on Twitter mm-hmm. at Serious underscore underscore Issues. But best of all, we are on Patreon. Yes. And uh, later in the week, uh, Siobhan and I are going to record a little update of some graphic novels and longer collections of books that we've been reading recently. Yeah, cool. Um, and that'll be up uh, for all Patreon members. Even if you just cu- chuck in, like, it's like $2 minimum. Mm-hmm. Uh, that gets you access to many, many uh, bonus episodes that we've recorded in the past. So it's patreon.com slash Serious Issues Podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you want to find Siobhan and I online, we are at Siobhan CBG or at Levdog, L-E-V-D-A-W-G, uh, on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, come and say hello. Hit that motherfucking like button. Yes, please. Retweet our greatest jokes. Yes. Um, and uh, if you want to email us, Serious issues at kingscomics.com. Thank you so much for listening. And um, some fun things coming out next week. Oh, don't you know? Oh, no, I didn't even look. It's the final. Hang fin- on, I have a list in front of me. Me too. I, the list of ones I actually sent through to Jim early for once. Good job. Um, we, uh, 
Oh, wow. Stuff. Doomsday Clock is back. Doomsday Clock good. and the finale of um, Dark Knight's Metal. So it's a oh, big good. week for DC sales. My prediction is DC will sell shitloads of comics this week. Oh, um, the new Mother Panic series starts? Yes. Yeah, which is very exciting. Cool. Um, and Shadow Man, um, the new Valiant series starts, which I'm quite excited for as well. Uh, we get a new Goosebumps book called Goosebumps Download or Die. Oh, no. Oh, wait. Download and Die. Oh. Oh, both. Oh, no. And the uh, the Damnation uh, Johnny Blaze uh, one shot. <gasps> Black Magic is back. And the craziest of all, Cyberforce is returning. Cyberforce Good. number one, the Rob Liefeld image series from the nineties, uh, is back. Everybody, great. If you are a, a fan of uh, Adventure Time, there's a Bemo Bonanza issue number one. He's the best character in Adventure Time. He's a little Game Boy with a face. That's nice. Um, so yeah, gonna be a fun week. Um, of course, the fiftieth issue of Saga. Oh yeah, that's huge. Um, so come back and, uh, yeah, and listen come back, to please. come back, come back and listen to us make jokes about dongs and Bendis and Yay. those two things together. You got to assume who, who knows what 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 what's going to be happening in, in Bendis's coming world this week. <laughs> Is he going to be coming for like the, until he came like un, until he? Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next week. Thanks, guys. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. I mean, if you want, it's up to you. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. I mean, imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com. 
the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.